Blog Talk Radio. show 
those are going to start becoming more and more prevalent. You'll see them probably throughout the Blog Talk Radio site as well as the website that will be up and running hopefully by the 15th. As such, let's get into this week's MMA news. Uh, BJ Penn has agreed to fight Diego Sanchez for the UFC weight title on November 14th in Manchester, England. That is going to be free on Spike. Um, also, the UFC took the opportunity to announce the, the bouts for UFC 104 on October 24th uh, at the Staples Center in Los Angeles. You're going to have, for the light heavyweight title, you're going to have Lyoto the Dragon Machida versus Mauricio Shogun Rua. That's going to be a fantastic fight. I'm definitely ordering that. Uh, Sean Shirk will also be on the card. Spencer Fisher, Joe Stevenson, Anthony Rumble Johnson. Uh, ben Rothwell and Cain Velasquez are also going to be on the card. The preliminary card, a lot of people are complaining because uh, Ultimate Fighter winner Ryan Bader is on the undercard, as is Yushin Okami, as is Anthony Hardonk. I'm more than sure that somebody's going to get knocked the fuck out at some point really quick, and one of the prelim fights will make it to the main card. So we'll see what happens. Um, also, of course... Tomorrow, not tomorrow, fuck, Saturday, uh, you're going to have UFC, what the hell number is it, God, 102, and it's going to be Randy the Natural Couture against Minotaro Nogueira, um, I may order that just because, you know, the natural, you know, guy's 40-something years old and he just smashes people's face in, you know, it's, it's, it's always something that bugs me because, you know, you got a guy who basically gets written off on the regular, and he just comes back and just quiets the critics. Definitely want to see that, especially because both guys are coming off uh, some serious losses. Minotaro losing to Mir, uh, Couture coming off the loss to Lesnar. I'm definitely seeing one of these guys getting back in the title picture. My personal pick, uh, I think, is going to be the natural. I mean, Nogueira looks lighter, leaner, and he, he looks more focused than his previous fight, but I think that the natural is going to take it. Uh, Keith Jardine is going to be fighting on the card. Uh, Chris Lieben. Uh, the middleweight title contention fight between Ma Nate Marquardt and Damian Maia is going to be uh, on that card, as well as Brandon Vera versus Christoph Szczynski. I think that this fight is very important for Vera just because, you know, he's not really selling people on his fights. And I personally think that this is going to be one of those instances where if he loses or if he loses, I think his ass is going to get fired. You know, it's awful to say, but I see it going that way. Uh, the other televised card is going to be Ed Herman versus Aaron Simpson, another good fight. I definitely would try to order it so I can cover it for next week's show. I'm not going to give a guarantee that I will, but we shall see what happens. Nonetheless... One of the things that has been going on as of late is, you know, the Fedor 2 Strike Force uh, fiasco. Everybody's shitting on Fedor, and, you know, they're shitting on the fact that he blew off the UFC, blah, blah, blah. Nonetheless, Strike Force took the opportunity and announced that Fedor will be fighting Brett Rogers uh, for his first televised Showtime fight in November. Uh, Fedor's coming in there with a 26-fight win streak. Uh, Rogers has won 10 of his fights. Uh, Fedor's last wins were, of course, against notable UFC, former UFC champions Andre Olaski and Tim Sylvia. Rogers' best fight 
allegedly, you know, according to most critics, was against Arlovsky, who he beat in 22 seconds. I think that in any event, this is a great fight for both guys. I think for Rogers, if he comes in there and puts Fedor to sleep, he's going to get his ass kicked. And, you know, if Fedor comes in and does what Fedor usually does and smashes uh, Rogers' face in, then it'll definitely, uh, you know, it'll definitely make it interesting, to say the least. Last bit of MMA news to close it out. Uh, there was the UFC 102 pre-fight press conference today in Oregon. Dana White discussed uh, Penn and Diego Sanchez. He said that they're going to definitely work on it because it may not take place in Manchester as originally decided. But, you know, they're working on it. I don't know where it's going to air. I originally said it was going to be Manchester, but who fucking knows? Um... Dana also took the opportunity, as always, to shit on Strike Force. He says that uh, he can beat Strike Force with any of his shows that have been on previously. Who knows? We'll see what happens. Uh, with that, that's going to close out the MMA news this week. Definitely a slow news week, to say the least. A lot of shit uh, that I expected to get information on, I didn't. Uh, one thing say though is that Fedor held his public workout in New York City when the announcement was made that he was going to fight Brett Rogers. I really would have liked to have gone just to get his autograph and shit, but you know, you got this thing called a job and this other thing called a check and this other shit called bills. You know, little things like that can't be done. But nonetheless, I think the next time there's a public workout, I'll try and go in and cover uh, some shit for the show. We'll see what happens. Uh, wrestling news. Uh... Real small blurbs, uh, Brian Danielson was signed by WWE, he was a uh, Ring of Honor legend practically, he was signed by WWE, God knows that they'll probably take him and saddle him with like a cowboy gimmick or some other shit, so who knows, uh, Vince McMahon took the opportunity this week to plug in the, LA, in the LA Times that he's considering starting his own WWE network, just all wrestling all the time, I think with all the material that they've got, and all the archive videos that they got, I think it's definitely something that would be cool to see. I mean, you get WWE 24-7, but definitely uh, a wrestling-oriented cable network would be interesting. Uh, some of the hosts for Raw over the next coming weeks, of course, one of them is going to be LeBron James. Uh, he was going to host it next week, but since Raw is in Detroit and the Pistons are rivals of the Cavs, that is not going to happen. Odds are that if LeBron did show up, he'd probably get stabbed. Uh, Jeff Hardy wrestled what is believed by many to be his last match uh, at SummerSlam this last Sunday, but there will be one more match uh, between him and CM Punk on SmackDown this week. I'm not going to spoil it, but uh, it should be interesting, and if you're a fan, check it out for sure. Um, that's it, I guess. Oh, yeah, Dusty Rhodes is hosting Raw next week. Whoop the fucking do. Alright. Let's get into these video game news. Because we got a lot of shit to cover. Uh, first off, console prices. Of course, the price drop all over the fucking place. Before I get into it, let me uh, throw in the number because I'm more than sure people are going to want to definitely get on me for some of this stuff. Uh, the call-in number, 347-324-3541. Once again, 347-324-3541. Of, of course, like I was saying, the uh, 
consoles were cut this week. Uh, the PlayStation Slim, of course, is cut, came out and is already leaking into stores and has a nice, pretty little price point that will guarantee shit getting by the buckets because, you know, it's cheap, it's slim, and it's pretty. But, of course, Microsoft, not to be outdone, is going to be dropping the price of the Elite as well as the Pro Systems on Friday. And there is a rumor as per a screenshot that was taken from an Amazon website from Germany that there is a quote-unquote 250 gig Xbox 360 bundle that was being sold with Forza and a controller. Now, whether that's legit or not, it leads it leads me to believe that there's definitely a 250 gig hard drive in the near future whether it's to compete with Sony or just to shut us all up about the space requirements I can see Microsoft dropping a 250 gig drive probably before the holidays as such I think that and it was the question of the week from last week the you know the return for a lot of these consoles now definitely has been stepped up quite a bit I also think that and it's crazy but Sony continues to take a loss on their console uh, the PlayStation Slim Kaz Harai told the Times online that the more efficient hardware production costs and lower overall cost of production Sony will still lose money on every PlayStation 3 sold he stated and I quote if you're just talking about the hardware alone the quick answer is yes we will be losing money of course he quickly added that the into play when including software and peripheral sales. He he also stated, I think the better indicator is to look at the business as a whole platform. Are you profitable in terms of hardware, software, and peripherals? And the answer to that question is yes, on a gross profit level. I think, before I, you know, I go into a, a harangue, so to speak, I definitely think that Kaz Harai did a good job of buffering the fact of losing money by letting us know that, you know, they make all the money on games and on peripherals. Because, guess what? Hey, let's put out the little chat pad and charge people 50 bucks. Or, you know, let's put out a, a Bluetooth, you know, Sony markets for another 50 bucks. So he knows what he's doing. I think the fact of the matter is that Sony, they must have listened to the show, which I doubt, uh, you know, grew a set of balls and decided to take a loss and compete with the big boys well you know not to say that they weren't going to do it but that they pulled the trigger a little bit sooner rather than later I think we actually have our first caller and I believe it may be slick you're on the air what's up man hey man what's going on same old shit man Yo, Block Talk Radio is shitting on you this week. You keep cutting out and you sound really low. Is that right? That's it. But other than that, I mean, I can hear you on the phone right now really well. Huh. Well, I have you on. Uh, other than the fact that you're telling me that the service is being utter shit today, what, uh, what do you got this week? Well... <clears throat> Yeah, I got a lot to say about the whole price drop thing, considering uh, my second 360 red ringed last Friday. Nice. Yeah, real fucking nice. I guess I, I guess I should be happy, though, since with the price drop, hopefully I can get an elite this weekend. 
because I was smart enough to get a freaking protection plan on that piece of shit. Nice. Apparently, well, I mean, I'm too loud. Nah, oh, well. Either lower it or raise it or something. I guess it's just not being working. It's not working with us tonight, but let's make the best of it. Um, yeah. I, you know, it's unfortunate that, you know, Microsoft continues to put out systems that have a, you know, quote-unquote high failure rate. I don't want to, you know, I don't really want to typecast it as such. But a lot of people, you know, that's always been a big gripe that the Xbox 360s fail like nobody's business. While I think that it is, you know, a smart decision on your end that you got a protection plan, I think that the fact that the Elite is so cheap is going to make it a lot easier for you to, you know, go in there and complain, you know? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, the Xbox 360 is basically the Ford Pinto of the console world. Sadly, it is. But, um... What do you think... What I was going to ask was, what do you think in the sense that right now, a system you paid, you know, a lot more is so much cheaper when you're going to go and exchange it? I think that... Don't you feel that you're getting more value now? Uh, Well... You're getting an elite system. Until I actually have to pay full price for one, I'm not complaining too much. I'm just pissed that this shit keeps breaking. To be honest, when the Pro was $400, I spent 130 on it. Oh, okay, that's not too bad. I think, me, I, I have an original launch system, and as I speak to you with my fingers crossed, I can say that it has never given me a problem. In the event that it does, I don't have any kind of replacement plan, so if the shit breaks, I will run it over with my truck and go buy a new one. You, sir, have it's Ken Shamrock shoved up your ass because you are a lucky bastard. Hey, there you go. But um, it's funny that, you know, you your system conveniently red-ringed just before it was time for you to get a new one. Maybe it really was trying to do me a favor. Hey, you never know. Hold on a second. The chat room's a little, uh, little interesting right now, and I had to go in there and, uh, be a mod. But, um, I had to go in there and do your job. But, uh, I got, uh, something funny to tell you. The, um, the Wii Sports Resort, you won't, you're gonna love this. The Wii Sports Resort has sold over a million copies in the U.S., Japan, and Europe. It sold three million copies overall. Wow. And it's been out for like a month? Yep. Now, here's the funny thing. When you start comparing game numbers to console numbers, it's it's very concerning to me that there are games that actually come out that outsell consoles on a regular basis. You know what I'm saying? It's It's crazy that... You know, people go out there and they're like, oh, yeah, fucking 50 bucks a game, 60 bucks a game. You know, we all complain about it. I, I do the same thing. The fact is, people are buying it, and it's 3 million copies. You know, it's fucking, that's a, that's a huge number. Exactly. You know, it's fucking crazy. But Nintendo, in its continued efforts to separate us from our money, uh, released the Metroid Prime Trilogy. This week. Yeah, I got that, that information uh, today too. Yep, 
and it you know you get prime prime two echoes and corruption so it should be it should be real interesting to see how many people buy that considering that you are rebuying these same uh consoles all the fucking time you know it's like you bought the game once on the GameCube. Now you're gonna buy it again on the Wii, just because it has the added functionality, and it's gonna have the uh, the the Motion Plus, I believe, is gonna be comp on. I believe it's corruption. Do you Honestly, think, uh, I think if you have all three GameCube games and you buy that game, you know, I, I don't like the label. But I mean, if you if you really want this shit on the Wii, fuck it, get it. But kind of stupid because you. Pretty much already spent a hundred and fifty dollars. You gonna spend another fifty? This is true. But Unless they, they added that's shit. Supposedly that's what they did, but I think that they took the opportunity and they uh they said, All right, we got a game, it's a first person shooter for all intents and purposes. Let's make it work with our hardware. Which is fine. I just think that it's unfair that you know, you're going to charge 50 bucks for three old games. I think uh, that game should have at least a $30 price point. Yeah, I would agree with that. And the whole thing, that the reason why I'm happy that something like Wii Sports Resort sold 3 million copies is because I'm one of the few people who actually likes the Wii. I just wish they stopped putting out bullshit rehashed games for it. Somebody made a post in freaking MySpace today about a Resident Evil remake of Resident Evil 2 for the Wii. And I'm like, yeah, it looks great, but it's a fucking old game being rehashed on the Wii again. Because didn't they also put that game out on the GameCube? Yep. So I'm like, you're doing it again. And the guy that made the post went crazy because Mr. X was shoving zombies out of the way. Big fucking deal. It's the same game, and now they're going to charge 50 bucks for it again. It is, it, is, it is crazy, but you know what? Microsoft is doing the same thing because they have a Game of the Year edition of Gears of War 2 coming out September 1st, and it's going to come with all the downloadable content that's been released thus far, and it's going to come out for 40 bucks. And you know, it, everybody, everybody's guilty of the same shit. I mean, if I were playing Gears of War 2 on a consistent basis, I'd be a little fucking pissed off that, you know, 40 bucks, you get all the maps that you paid all that money for. It's, it's insane. I think, you know, I respect the fact that they're doing, you know, that they're trying to help people out. But you know what? I think by now everybody's bought or played Gears of War. That's so going to get Lisa, it. And, yeah, to release the Game of the Year edition, they did the same shit with Fallout. And they're going to do the same thing with um, Little Big Planet. While I think it's nice and all, I think that releasing something this late in the game, how many people are you really going to get to pick that up? I mean, would you honestly pay 40 bucks now for Gears of War? I didn't want to pay 60 bucks and it was brand new. I'm not a fan, but if... I could say, I mean, it'll pick up some people because maybe there are people who played the hell out of it but actually only played it at their friend's house and now that it's going down and say, hey, I'm going to pick it up for myself. They keep doing it till somebody's buying it. This is true. They definitely keep doing that shit. And, you know, it's uh, it, it's sad because it's like, 
you know, they should have just done that either from the get-go or they should have just released an updated pack on Xbox Live. They should have said, hey, you know, buy this whole pack and you'll get everything versus go out and buy another physical copy. I think it's bullshit, but, you know, what can you do? But, and this is a crazy, crazy thing. If they started doing a Game of the Year edition as a game on demand for a game you already owned, and they charged you, say, 10 or 15 bucks for the additional shit that came out for the game, would you do it? For a game I already own? Yeah, like, let's say, let's say you go and you bought, oh, perfect example, Arkham Asylum, because everybody, you know, a lot of people have been asking about Batman. Arkham Asylum, you know, you buy it. Uh, you get the Joker mode for free. And if you pre-order from GameStop, you get the skeleton maps for free. Now, if you get both of those things for, you know, and you bought the game later on and you didn't get access to those free things and they they told you, hey, you can buy both of these add-ons for an extra five bucks, what would you do? Would you, would you, would you kick out the five bucks or would you wait to see if they released a physical copy of the shit? I'd probably kick out the five bucks. Cause, I mean, fact of the matter is, yeah, they would probably release a copy like a year or something later, but I'm not the one to wait that long if I really want to play a game. Even if I don't get it right away, I'm not going to wait that long. Hmm. I think like, you gotta... No, I was just going to say, one of the guys in the in the chat said that that's why it sucks to be an early adopter. I would disagree with that. I mean, perfect example is my one my one big console that does work. My PS3 is a launch model. It's outlived two 360. It has backwards compatibility. It has everything the PlayStation 3 was originally supposed to have. So I'm very happy that I was an early adopter in that case. Well, you know what it is? I think, and th- this will be the last I-, I touch on it, I think that the fact is that they've realized that there's a very large profit margin in microtransactions across the board. So, every cha- and, and in a way, it annoys me because it makes developers lazy. Because they'll be like, oh, do you guys want to go through the trouble of animating that shit? Oh, yeah, go ahead. You know, but let's not release it now. We'll release it two months from now. It's very, it's very annoying in the sense that it, uh, don't get me wrong, I don't, I don't want to shit on the developers because they've invested a lot of time into putting out a tolerable product. But the fact of the matter is that if the shit's already made, why not include it in the game? You know, I, it's really annoying that you got to pay shit. You know, you got to pay out the ass for certain things that should be in there. You know, I, I see that and I see that happening, you know, with the... Like when they were talking about Street Fighter Four having, you know, possibly T Hawk or other characters getting added, it's like, why, why, why weren't they in there from the jump? Oh well, we didn't have time to put them in there. So let me get this straight: you guys put out an, an incomplete game, you rake in all this money, and then you're gonna probably sit back and charge people for fucking more characters. It, it's just anno- it, it annoys me that they just take microtransactions and they just run with it. To the point where people just get disgusted with laying out money for the littlest things. On the microtransactions, I'm half and half. I don't like it in general, and it took me a while to start 
picking them up. But I don't mind it so much when it actually adds something worthwhile to the game. Like, let's take a Big Surf Island for Burnout Paradise versus a Generation 1 Optimus Prime skin for Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. Wow. It looks different. It does all the same shit. What they fucking do. Versus another game mode. If it's another game mode and it's worthwhile, I'll pay the money. If it's just slapping, literally slapping his skin on something, fuck you. Well, you know, it's funny that you put it that way because, you know, uh, it's going to take me into the next thing, which is that Rockstar actually made an announcement, get this through their Twitter page, that GTA Chinatown Wars is coming out on the PSP. And it's going to be available as both a UMD that you buy in the store and as a digital download through the PlayStation Network. Now... The crazy thing about it is, everybody said Chinatown Wars was really great on the DS. Do you think that it's going to translate as well onto the place uh, onto the PSP for the simple no. fact that you know it was a top-down type of game? Do you think it's gonna it's gonna even make it worthwhile to pick up? Not just that it was a top-down game. The game was designed for a two-screen console. That one of them was a touch screen. I mean, there's like picking lock little things when you actually got to sit there and do the stylus and pick the lock. And the sniping was all about like touching a point on the screen. That's not going to translate to the PSP very well at all. I mean, unless they literally are redoing it, which I give Rockstar a lot of credit, but I don't think they're going to be doing that when they could probably be making the next uh, big console Grand Theft Auto. I think oh, it's going to be a shitty port. Gonna, I think they're going to they're going to not phone it in, but they're going to do what they can to make it work. You you know, this game would have been a lot better if they would have had Bob work on it. You know that. <laughs> of course. <laughs> but uh nonetheless, you know, I figured I'd throw that out there because, you know, they're always going to find a way to make the shit. You know, they they're going to Rockstar especially. I got to give Rockstar a lot of love cuz they know how to not manipulate the public, but they know how to do shit to make us buy as much of the of the shit that they offer as possible. You know, GTA 4 is a great example. You know, you go, you buy the Lost and the Damned. It adds a whole bunch of more functionality to the game. It's practically its own game, which is badass. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it very much. Uh, you know, over the next few weeks, I believe it's going to be the second week of September or first week of October, they're going to release the next downloadable episode, which is, you know, the Ballad of Gay Tony. Gay Tony is October. Yep, and the fact is that they're also going to be smart and release it as a retail copy, supposedly, that you'll be able to just pick it up for, uh, you know, because I'm I'm assuming people that have the PlayStation are, you know, they're a little pissed off because they're like, all right, you know, you get uh, 360 has the second downloadable episode coming out. Can we at least get the... It's ridiculous. Well, I think that Rockstar gave 360 some leeway because they got $50 million. Uh, as much as I might like one console over the other, you give me $50 million, I'll make some shit exclusive for your console too. Yeah, well, you know what? I, this is the thing that gets me, and I see it coming. I can, I can almost guarantee 
that they're going to release, I bet you, some type of special version of GTA 4 for the PS3 with all the downloadable episodes included and then sell it, not for 50 bucks, not for 40 bucks, but sell it for 60 bucks and fuckers will still buy it. Yeah, it'll come out the day after their contract with uh, Microsoft expires. They probably got that shit made already. They're not stupid. That shit happening. They had an exclusivity contract with, with Sony on the PlayStation 2, and when it ran out, they still made games semi-exclusive for the PlayStation 2, but a few months later, they released it for the 360 after they released it for the PC. I mean, for the Xbox. Because they're not stupid. They need to make money. The way people keep getting more GTA is by them making money. And every GTA, even if people say they take shit out, every GTA, they put more production value into it than the last one. They hire more big-name talent. Actually, this one, they didn't hire as much, but still, they hired a lot of good talent. And it's more than the previous game. I don't care what anybody fucking says. More went into GTA 4 than went into San Andreas. This is true. But you know what it is? I think GTA 4 was the they they just that was their next gen their next gen blowing of their load so to speak. They just said yeah, it's the next gen right, GTA 3. The best shit pos- yeah, let's make the ne- the best shit possible and then just fucking blow everyone's fucking eyeballs out of their head when they play it. You know, I think that the fact of the matter is that Rockstar has figured the formula out to make people just buy it. And I think that the downloadable episodes is a win-win because not only do you get great content for the game, but, you know, you're not paying an arm and a leg for it. What is it, 1,200 points? Say, what is that? I mean, let's translate that to real, real-world real dollars. It might be like 15 bucks. Not too much, you know? I think that that, as a whole, adds longevity to the game. What I don't like is the fact that, you know, PlayStation 3 owners are going to get fucked. And it's not fair because they're laying out the same money 360 owners are. Yeah, I mean, but again, there's that little matter of $50 million. And $50 million will make Rockstar tell PS3 owners, well, you know, when it comes to that downloadable content, fuck you. Sorry. Well, we'll probably well, release it someday, but right now you don't get it. This is true. Well, before I close out, now I'm not going to close out the video game news because, as I told you, I read an article uh, that was put out by the Center of Disease Control, which is going to take me a little while to rave, rage about. But uh, if anybody wants to play Revenge of the Fallen online this weekend, on the 29th, you can play online with Megan Fox. Megan Fox is going to play the new map pack and character downloadable content in online multiplayer matches. So, uh, Xbox Live ID is Megan Fox 2009. So, yeah, I, f- I figured you'd love that because, you know, you're, you're such a huge fan of the Transformers movie. But uh, if, if anybody wants more information, they can go to xbox.com slash GWF Megan Fox together. And her... Uh, User ID is going to be Megan Fox 2009. Now, I'm pretty sure that you're going to have tons of people playing. You're not even going to know where she is. And somebody's just going to take a lot of joy in killing whatever character she's using. 
and they're going to go, Hi, oh, I killed Megan Fox. Fuck, I couldn't kill her in the movie. I would pay money just to hear the chatter. That shit is worth the price of my fucking yearly subscription. I don't even want to, because I don't want to play the game, really, but I would pay to hear that chatter. I would pay to hear freaking little pubescent assholes just jizzing all over themselves looking for Megan Fox. Oh, my God, is that Megan Fox? Is she, is she sound wave? Oh, my God. Look, I mean, I like the game with fame concept. I think it's really cool, but I have a feeling that when you have someone like her allegedly playing, you know, she's kind of said that she's, you know, a lot of people have called her on the bullshit that she's not a real gamer, but I guarantee you that she will be exposed utterly on the 29th. It's going to go to the, it's going to get to the point where I'm more than sure that they're not going to even put out any coverage letting people know how it went. They're just going to be like, oh yeah, game with fame, yeah, Megan Fox, huge success, you know, 20,000 people online. That's it. You probably have somebody else playing the game who actually plays the game and her on the mic, if she even bothers to get on the mic. Yes, that is going to be another thing. Is she even going to get on the microphone or is, there, or is her publicist going to be playing the game for her? I figured, I figured that would be a tasty nugget of information that uh, I'm more than sure some of my fellow forum members can uh, take care of this weekend. Anybody who is on there on the 29th, Please come back next week and let me know that you trolled Megan Fox. It would be hilarious. Someone has to do it. And if it's fucking Bob, he is the man. Because Bob can do it. Bob can do anything. Looks like we yeah. got another call on the line. Let's see who it is. You're on the air. Who's this? Yo, it's Bob. Jesus oh, Christ, shit. Bob. Speak of the devil, it's Bob. If I'm going to troll Megan Fox, I'm driving to Port St. Lucie, and I'm going to troll her house with <laughs> egg and pee-pee. That's awful. Jesus. Okay, I guess like i got to make it. a threat tomorrow. we got to collect money to get Bob out of jail. I was going to say, Slick smelled Port St. Lucie. It smells like asshole and cottage cheese. Nice. Oh. Dude, well, you turn, your, well, turn got... your computer down. While I have Bob on the air, it's a great opportunity to go into this article because Bob is one of the many hardcore gamers who is uh, not the example that was presented. So we go through this article. Uh, the Center for Disease Control put out an article recently where they uh, checked the behavior of 550 adults ages between 19 and 90 from Seattle-Tacoma area. They found that 249 of these, or around 45%, were video game players, with men accounting for 56%. They said that the researchers found that the men who played these games weighed more and used the internet more than other men. Now, before you guys even get into it, it gets better. Women who played video games reported greater levels of depression and poorer overall health than non-gamers. Uh, researcher with researcher James Weaver and his colleagues suggesting video gaming for adults may be a form of digital self-medication. They said women in particular immerse themselves in brain-engaging digital environments as a means of self-distraction. He also said adult gamers seemed less outgoing or extroverted and less social and assertive than non-gamers. This was consistent with prior research that video game enthusiasts had tied 
game playing to sedentary habits, weight issues, and mental health concerns. Now, before I'm not even going to go into this article any further, but I have, you know, with having Bob on the air makes it perfect. Bob, what do you do in your spare time? I go weightlifting or I go to a gym and participate in boxing where I punch people in the face repeatedly. There you go. Yeah, Bob looks like the uh, blonde version of Little Mac. There you go. Slick, when you're not gaming, what are you doing? Uh, hanging out with friends, exercising, uh, anything. Fuck it. Would you, would you guys consider yourselves then, you know, depressed individuals? No. There you I mean, go. I can't say I never get depressed, but who the fuck doesn't? But no, not in general. That's why it was, this is why I wanted to, to really not shit on this article because I admire what the Center of Disease Control is trying to prove, but the, the annoyance stems from the fact that they took a poll of just 500 people, looked at some of probably the worst things ever, the worst facets of, of not society, but just demographics. Oh, yeah, we got this 30-year-old guy. Hey, dude, what do you do? Oh, I live with my mom, and I play World of Warcraft. All right, we got one. You know, like, <laughs> I want to I know. You, you laugh, but it's true. I'm more than sure that it wasn't, um, you know, bipartisan. I'm more than sure that they had an agenda when they went in there and they started talking to these people, and they were like, yo, what do you do? Oh, yeah, I work in a small company, and I work a 9-to-5 job. Are you a gamer? Yes. All right, we don't need you. Then they find, you know, the little, the, the lady buying the tub of Chunky Monkey walking out of Walmart. Oh, shit. With the newest version of Cooking Mama. And they go, oh, ma'am, you know, how old are you? Oh, I'm, you know, 28. And what do you do? Oh, I am a uh, forum moderator. Oh, really? How's that work for you? I'm also a blogger. Oh, oh, that's great. And um, what do you think of video games? Oh, they're great. You know, it's a great escape. I'm more, oh, we got another one. I feel that, and this leads me to the same thing I bitched about earlier today. It seems that gaming is the easiest scapegoat for a lot of the shit goes on in real life. Kid goes on a crime spree. Oh, blame Grand Theft Auto. Kid goes on a sh Oh, blame Halo. Oh, blame this. Oh, the content in these games. Let me tell you something. I think that... And I, when a kid runs around with a firearm, why don't they blame Call of Duty? That's what I want to know. I mean, there's more people out there playing Call of Duty, shooting each other in the face as America's armed forces or some backwater fucking terrorist country. They don't blame that for kids going around shooting each other in the mouth. There you go. But the fact is that what they do is they blame... Um, they blame the video game as a whole, you know? They can go into specific titles when they want to. You know, Jack Thompson, of course, is notorious for that shit. But the fact is that it bothers me that they make these assumptions that so many of us quote-unquote gamers are overweight, depressed. You know, I, I hate that type of a stereotype. You know, I, I go to the gym five days a week, sometimes twice a day. I'm active, I lead a, a decent social life, you know, my gaming time is, 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 is good when, when, ne when needed, when real world doesn't take over, but the fact of the matter is that, you know, the, people are fat pieces of shit and they're lazy, 
because they choose to be. The game didn't make them that way. And you know what? If you don't want them to be fat pieces of shit, Nintendo put out a really good that will help you not be a fat piece of shit. <laughs> it's that simple. I hate the fact that our country has become a bunch of pussies. Not 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 everybody, but a large majority are just, especially the, the new generation of just soft, you know, pampered kids who their parents decide to let them be raised by consoles and television instead of telling your kid, hey, go play outside, go get hit with a rock, go roll around in the mud, you know. That's why more parents should buy their kids Wii's. That we actually tells you to go outside and play in the fucking sunshine instead of sitting in front of Mario's face all goddamn day. Yep, but I guarantee you that the parents would complain that the Wii tells their children that they're fat. Because if you get on the Wii Fit, it'll tell you you're fat and it'll make your me fat, which will in turn, get this, affect the self-esteem of a child. So uh, people have already made that complaint. So, yeah, I agree with you 100%. Make them go and play the Wii. But, you know what, there's going to be parents that are going to go, the Wii told my kid they're fat. No, stupid. The, the Wii told your kid... The Wii just fucking told you the truth. There you go. A little white box in the shelf told you something that you couldn't get enough balls to mustard and tell your kid yourself. There you go. Oh, looks like we got another person on the line. Let's see who it is. You're on the air. Who's this? This chat needs more veg. All right. Arc, what's going on? <laughs> Not uh, too a much. Great, a great example. But before we even go any further, in your spare time, what do you do? I like to jog. I attend school. I go to work. I lead a pretty good life, actually. Would you consider yourself depressed, and do you use gaming as an escape? <laughs> Not any more than the average American, I suppose. Do you swoop your hair over your left eye to shield yourself from the pain of the world? Bob, I need to not, like, you know, follow your particular fashion sense. Come on, we're all a little bit emo inside. Come on, cry that black tear for me. No way. Here we go. Your Facebook applications. But it's funny. It's funny that, and, and I can, you can, anybody who's listening can quote this. Three three people who I know in real life who are hardcore gamers. Bob is a Street Fighter fanatic. This guy eats, sleeps, breathes Street Fighter and can pretty much whoop a lot of people's asses in it. Flick, also, all-around adventure game maniac, plays the fucking DS religiously, plays fucking Pokemon. He's the, he's the biggest human being I know that plays Pokemon. <laughs> And, and mind you, mind you, he, you know, he leads a normal life. I don't understand where they found, you know, 45% of people that were overweight and introverted that they weren't completely looking for on purpose. The question here is, how many of us play World of Warcraft? I don't. I don't. Nope. I don't either. I don't touch MMOs, period. You guys are going to make Crystal well, fucking you know, rage. Here's your <laughs> you Bob fact for the night, straight from Bob's mouth. World of Warcraft is the leading cause of obesity in America. Well, you know what? That's, it, it, it's funny that you say that, because I'm more than sure uh, if Mortis were around, he'd call. Or 
and he, he would challenge that because I know he plays World of Warcraft and Mortis is no slouch. I think that the fact is that people just have no self-control in terms of they use gaming as a as a gateway to do shit, but it's also their little crutch to blame when shit goes wrong. Oh, you know, why'd you gain 10 pounds? Oh, you know, it's been kind of tough, I lost my job. And, you know, I've just been home, you know, putting my resume online and playing World of Warcraft. Oh, you've been playing World of Warcraft. Why don't you walk into a store and fill out an application for a job? You know, and shit like that. I hate, like I said, you know, the, the what I'm going to call the pussification of America. That's what it is. It's just I'll just flat out blame it on MMOs. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? And I, you know what? Just just because I say that, I'll flat out admit that I spent Christ loads of money playing Final Fantasy XI, and when I did get involved in that game, it drained any semblance of social life away from me. To the point where I was doing nothing but working, and then staying up for like twelve hours trying to level up some Christ awful monk. Killing rabbits. Killing rabbits for fucking rabbit tails. But you know what it is? You money turn the freaking computer down. That you that you disciplined yourself to say, all right, I can't, I can't do this shit any further. You know, you weaned yourself off of it. That's what I'm saying. People like to use that shit as a crutch. You knew, all right, this is ridiculous, and you and you cut the shit off. Yeah. Why can't parents do the same thing for their kids? Hey, go outside and play for a little bit. But mom, I got this other level. Shut the shit off. That's the thing is, unfortunately, parents are incredibly ignorant about what their kids are doing these days. They don't yeah, fucking well, care. That's what it is. They're, they themselves should not be parents because they are not in control of their lives. How the fuck are they going to control a child? Simple as that. I don't want to upset little Johnny. Yeah, but you know what it is? Little Johnny's going to be the one who's not being watched that's going to go and shoot up his school. <laughs> little Johnny's going to kick in the VTAC. That's it. <laughs> and he's going to go in there and kill everybody. And he's going to be like, Oh, well, it was the game, and my mom didn't love me enough. But I guarantee you the sound clip they'll capture first is, Oh, it was the game, because that's how it goes. Mm -hmm. The the eight-year-old kid that stole his mother's car and went on, like, a driving spree. Automatically, oh, well, I told him those driving games. Really, bitch? Really? That's your (laughs) excuse, not the fact that you weren't watching your kid? Are you kidding me? And how the fuck did the kid get the game in the first place? Because they're rated M anyway, if you're talking about GTA. Well, let me tell you the rating system, the rating system, as beautiful as it is, half of the parents don't even look. I've, I've, no, I've been known to be in a mall and watch a parent buy GTA for their kid, and the kid swap. I've seen it happen. I've seen them buy it for eight-year-olds, and I just want to beat their fucking parents. Yep, because you know what it is? They're not, they're not educated in the game. They just assume, oh, yeah, it's that new Grand Theft whatever. Let me get it for my kid because he wants it. It'll be the yeah, let me buy, let me buy my eight-year-old the game that's named after a fucking felony. I said smart. It's, it's sad. It's, it's really sad. And, you know, I think that parents, you know, they, they, they make all these little things now. Oh, we gotta have a rating system. Oh, politicians gotta get involved. Oh, look, it's Jack Thompson. Let's blow him so he can sue somebody. And that's how it works. I think it's come to the point where 
we we gotta start taking ownership of the shit we do. If I'm playing a game that's really violent, and I'm having a dream that I went out and shot up a building, guess what? That's not the game's fault. That's me needing fucking therapy. Right or wrong? Yeah, right. Yep. Yep. So think about it. If you're sitting there and you're depressed, what are you going to do? Go outside and fucking shoot somebody or get a different release? Get wasted, go to sleep, you know, go to the gym, go running. You're going to do something else. It's not going to be, oh, let me go shoot up this grocery store because the game made me do it. No, motherfucker, you need therapy and you need to talk to somebody. Call a crisis center. You know, that that's really what it is. But, you know... With that out of the way, that is my rant, and that'll be the way to close out uh, the gaming news for this evening. Uh, if you guys want to stick around, I'm going to go to the news, cover a few things. Tell us stories, Akuma. Huh? Tell us some stories, Akuma. <laughs> Funny <laughs> shit. Uh, Quentin Tarantino's Inglorious Bastards, of course, came out last week. It was number one at the box office. It earned uh, $37.6 million. It's per theater average of 11000 bucks per theater. It debuted above expectations. The film had a budget of $70 million. I'm more than sure it's going to make that money probably this weekend, uh, if not over the next probably two or three weekends. I mean, Halloween 2 comes out this weekend, which, yeah. you know, I, I'm, I, I have a feeling is going to be decent. I don't see it being shitty. I know a lot of people gave the first Halloween a lot of shit. But I, th I think Rob Zombie's going to get into his own groove with the second one. And before I move even further into the movie news, I'll, I want to touch on that. Uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween, of course, was a remake which, you know, for all intents and purposes, brought Michael Myers into the now. I think that in terms of that, it made it, made it believable. Because, like, here's this big crazy dude, he's nuts, he escapes from a mental hospital, throws on this mask, and starts shanking people. Guess what? That shit can really happen. You know, it can. I actually appreciated the realism that he brought to the guys, while the acting was kind of suspect on the fact that Michael Jackson went from, uh, you know, a 12-year-old emo kid to a giant, means that they were feeding him more than hospital food when he was in there. But... I felt that the delivery of the movie as a whole was pretty good. Michael Myers is taking self-act. Nice. <laughs> did any of you guys see it? What did you guys think of the first one? I saw it in bits and pieces, and to be completely honest, like the whole reverence that people are remaking these old 70s and 80s horror films like irritates the shit out of me. I remember last week you were sitting here talking about how Hollywood has no creativity, and these are prime examples. This is true. There's a million and nine different ways you can go out there and scare someone's kid shitless in a movie theater, and you have to bring back some dude in a white mask. In a good old William Shatner mask. This is true. Ugh. Oh, what about yeah. you, Slick? Did you see it? <laughs> no, I wasn't a fan of it when you know when it was original, because about the only slasher series I was a fan of was Nightmare on Elm Street, and I'm actually even though. The Rorschach dude is doing it. I'm not terribly looking forward to the, the remake. I mean, I'll probably watch it on when one of you have the freaking movie and bring it to my house and shit. 
Well, now, to the you know whole idea, is? though, it, there oh, is... Sorry, Art, go ahead. That's okay. I was going to say, like, the idea behind it, you know what? The movies were made back then. You know, they had a lot less special effects. And I know they say, like, you know, the more realism you use with props and whatnot, the better the film is. But you think about it with slashers and whatnot, maybe you want to throw in those special effects later on if they're going to be remaking the movie. I can remember going to see, what was it, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Is that, like, one of the first ones that they redid in this whole... That was great, though. I mean, that was, like, way more graphic than the original one was. It was good. I remember seeing that in the theater. I'm like, oh, okay, this ain't bad at all. You know, I was like, you know, just for shits and grins anyway. But I remember seeing parents, like, carrying their children out of that theater because they weren't understanding what the hell was going on. <laughs> oh, God. That was a fucked up movie, and that was a fucked up situation. Yeah, pretty much. But, I mean, you know, I guess with the with the way it, they just keep churning them out. I mean, aren't, are they, aren't they redoing um, fucking uh, Nightmare on Elm Street? Yeah. yeah they they are, are, uh, I'm going to cry when I see that because it's not going to be Freddy Krueger. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care who, who's playing that. It's just, it's just going to make me cry. <laughs> I was just happy when they ended it with Freddy versus Jason, with Jason Voorhees walking out of a goddamn lake with Freddy Krueger's head in his hands, and there was a smile, and that was the end. It was like right. they brought two merchandises together, they ended it, and that was that. Now they're going to remake both series. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? It's it, I, and I and I'll I'll bring it full circle before I move it in, into the next thing by saying the following: Rob Zombie was interviewed a while back, and he had said that he's only going to make the first Halloween, and he wasn't going to make any more. Uh, he was interviewed, of course, recently while doing press for this movie for the second one like, dude, we thought you weren't going to do another one. And he goes, you know what? When I did the first one, I felt like I had to stick to the original source material. He's like, the second one is going to be my way, my version. I'm not remaking the second Halloween. I'm remake, uh, you know, I'm doing a second Halloween that's going to be the second chapter to my story. Which, you know, I gave him a lot of credit in the sense that in seeing what I've seen in the trailers, I see that he made... You know, he made some adjustments. I definitely see that, you know, there's some stuff going on in the hospital, like the second one. But I like, you know, he gave Michael Myers, like, a jacket. You know, he made Michael Myers look like a, like a dude that's, all right, I'm on the run and I'm killing people. Gee, let me not look fucking conspicuous with this big William Shatner mask while I walk around the, the, the fucking town square. Let me put a jacket on and a hat, you know? And which leading slut character is his wife playing this time? She is going to continue to play the ghost of Michael Myers, which I, I think is, is is interesting in the sense that, you know, they kind of never went into what up Michael Myers so much. I mean, if you watch the old Halloween flicks, you know, they go into the Sam Hain thing and Thorn and cultists and all this shit and incest. But, you know, in this Halloween, they're trying to go into it deeper, like, yo, like, what really fucked this dude up? I mean, the first one kind of scratched the surface. You know, you had his mom living with that, with the gimp. His sister was a whore bag. And, you know, they were touching up on the fact that, you know, he killed little animals and shit. You know, that, that, was, that was pretty cool. You know, they showed, like, wow, this kid is fucked up, and he's going to grow up into something even worse. You know, I like that. I like that realism that he added to it. It was cool. You know, he did it with House of a Thousand Corpses, you know, and the Devil's Reject. Uh, and even like you said earlier, Bob, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, one of the things that made it such a good remake was the fact that it was very graphic, because that's how shit really goes down. It's like, look, yeah. there's fucking cannibals. There's some cannibals. They're not going to put a napkin on their, 
on their shirt when they eat you. They're going to cut you the fuck up and go to work. Even if you go back today and watch the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, there's not even a drop of blood in the movie, but you're still revolted by how freaking violent the movie is. Right. Yep. I mean, there's hippie chicks in white pants. There's not a splatter of red on those pants when they get beat over the head with a metal mallet. That is true. But, you know, it brings, um, it brings in uh, one, one last thing before I let you in, Slick. The, um, a good example of Overkill, though, was when they remade uh, The Hills Have Eyes. I think that the, that movie and the sequel that followed it, they, they took it a point, a point where they just said, let's throw as much violence and creepy shit as possible. Let's have mutants raping girls. Let's have people's arms and legs getting ripped off. Let's have people taking hatchets to the face and use the most cookie-cutter plot ever, and people will watch it. And at that point, I was I got turned off on a lot of remakes because it's like, what do you think, that by making it ultra-violent, you're going to detract from the fact that the fucking story is shit? Oh, yeah, let's show this mutant raping this girl. I'm more than sure everybody will like this. Really? <laughs> what about the fact that the story is utter shit? It doesn't matter if you're going that to the that movie was the equivalent of clown porn. Wow. <laughs> it really was. It was the equivalent of clown porn. It's like, all right, let's put special effects makeup on and have you rape this girl. Really? What's scary about this? Oh, you have bad acne. I'm more than sure that any girl coming out of a club on a Friday night is, has probably slept with a guy that looked that, that or close to it. You know, so I don't understand why, you know, people fucking complain about the fact about remakes, why don't you complain about the fact that there's just extra shit that doesn't need to be put in there? Like, well, like this is my thing. Like, I give Rob Zombie a lot of credit because even though he might be remaking a lot of films, he's doing it in the right fashion. He's making horror movies and he's actually trying to scare people. You take these movies like Saw and fucking... Final Destination, 8 million. And they're not even trying to scare people. They're just doing shock value. Like, look at this. If you don't fucking cut your fucking hand off or pluck your fucking eyes out, like, okay, but that's not scary. That's just shock value. They're, they're even remaking that movie, Let the Right One In, which is about a freaking girl who got turned into a vampire when she was a little kid, and now she's like 80 years old, and she still looks like a little kid. And she falls in love with an actual little kid. Watch them not even go into that. Watch them just have her running around killing people. She killed, like, two people in that whole movie. And I bet she'll kill, like, 20 in this one, in the American remake. Well, that's what happens. Shock Valley, people want to do that. But that's just, it's you know like, the second one. it's torture porn. You yep. know what, though? There is a way to do shock, like, I, I, I don't know about you guys, but I do read Bizarre Magazine every once in a while when, I able, when I'm able to get a hold of it. It has this movie review of this uh, story, uh, what is it, movie called Dead Girl. Sounds, it automatically sounds horrible. But the premise of it is they got these two kids, and they go to an abandoned asylum, and they find this girl who's strapped down in chains on a fucking bed. And she's alive. And the one guy runs fucking fleeing for his life. The other guy, because he's a sick fuck, sticks around and rapes her and then tries to kill her and then realizes the girl is undead. <laughs> there's, 
there's something really, you know, fucked up about this. I'm going to try to find this on Netflix if I can. But, I mean, the premise of that sounds absolutely fascinating. I mean, it's, it sounds – everything I just said right there, it's kind of shocking. And, you know, how it's all going to get played out, it remains to be seen. But doesn't that sound interesting at the very least? And it certainly doesn't sound like anything that's been done already. They've already so, done I mean, dudes screwing zombie chicks with Return of the Living Dead, though. Oh, yeah. I'm talking more psychological here, though. I mean, because they, they find her chained to a bed, don't know how the fuck they got, she got there in the first place, and she's the only one, you know? It's just the way it's set up, you know what I mean? I really wonder how the next generation of humanity is really going to have, like, a new sexual orientation with all this stuff that comes out in the theaters. It's called omnisexual. It means you don't give a fuck. What about trisexual? Well, they'll try anything. Like shoving remote controls up their ass and screaming Captain Planet. Uh, oh, I know where that's from. And you know what? We're going to move on from that. We're going to move on. Um, Todd McFarlane took the opportunity to plug the fact that he's making a new Spawn movie. He said he's had the story in his head for seven or eight years. The movie idea is neither a recap or a continuation. It is a standalone story that will be R-rated, creepy, and scary. He said he wants the film to be aimed at an older audience. Once again, phoning it in. Sequel to Spawn. What do you think? Is it even is it even worth talking about? Because it's like, really, dude, that shit hasn't been relevant for for the majority of my fucking adult life. Really? Is he not selling enough action figures these days? There you go. Unless it's a story we actually freaking taking over hell, I don't give a shit. That's the only story that'll have nearly enough action and just random violence for me. Mm. There you go. Well, let, here, here's a, here's a uh, nice, fantastic nugget of information. Uh, Ian McKellen said that uh, they finished writing The New Hobbit and that they already got somebody to play Bilbo Baggins and they're going to probably have it out within the next two years. Is it even worth doing another Lord of the Rings movie, considering that it's, you know, it's died, not died down, but the isn't what it was? If the I guarantee you the minute, the minute they put out a teaser trailer, dude, every Lord of the Rings fan is going to jizz themselves for the fact that they're going to see a young Bilbo Baggins. Well, they're saying James McAvoy is going to play him. What do you think of the casting choice? Who? I'd say they need a real midget. Ma- James McAvoy was the guy that was in Wanted. He played Wesley in Wanted, if you saw that. Nope, sorry, I live under a rock. Damn, dude. What about you, Ark? Do you know who he is at all? or? No fucking clue. He was, uh... He, he's an English guy. I think that he can... He can probably pull it off. I think he's a little young looking, but you know, I think that Lord of the Rings has gotten to the point where, hey assholes, why didn't you make the Hobbit fucking first? How about that? You know they should have because that would have at least like left a little bit of mystery to the series, and now they're gonna go back and be like, hey, look, he found the One Ring. End of the movie. Exactly. The only thing I'd like to see in the movie is how smog the dragon looks. That's about it. Yeah, because yeah. I'm more than sure that the dragon is where we're going to fucking go crazy with the effects. Yeah. 
A Peter Jackson movie? That dragon's going to cost, like, buku millions of dollars to make. Well, we got another call on. Let's see who it is. You're on the air. Who's this? What's up, Akuma? This is Strider. Oh, what's going on, dude? Yeah, you know, I I I just phoned in when I was listening on and I heard about the uh the Spawn movie. I wanted to give my two cents about that. Uh I don't want to I don't want to move bro. backwards and shit, but uh yeah, uh, I don't know why the fuck how the hell would freaking what's his name Todd McFarlane make another re- I mean, I'm I was hoping he would, but you know, I was still I'm still kind of I'm I'm really skeptical about it, because, I mean, the first Spawn movie, I mean, think about it, why the fuck would you make the comic book and the TV show bloody as fucking hell, then make the movie that you directed utter and complete dog doo-doo? Well, and PG-13, why... And PG-13, yeah, and PG-13, while, while you're at it, I mean, what's the freaking point? I mean, shit, you're... PG-13, that's like fucking, that's almost like, that's like, what, Star Wars with blood. The most graphic thing in the original Spawn movie was John Leguizamo. That's it. Very much so, yes. But other than that, you know, Michael J. Michael J. White, you know, you know the, the popular bat, the popular black buff actor that's in almost every fucking Tyler Perry movie. You know, <laughs> no, 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 I'm being you serious. Got, you, got, you got your black actors confused. Michael Jai White is not Morris Chestnut. Get it right. Oh, Morris Chestnut is in every Tyler Perry movie. He is in every movie with Gabrielle Union where she's the love interest, he's the fuck up. That's who you're talking about. Michael Jai White is, you could put it like this, Michael Jai White is Black Dolph Lundgren. He does straight oh, to cable shit. flicks. Oh. He does straight to cable flicks. And he's only good in movies that are minimal dialogue, lots of fighting. He's a fantastic fighter, but a, a, a really mediocre actor. Like, not for nothing, if you watch the first Spawn, it was him going, Damn you, win! Damn you, clown! Ah! That was the whole movie. It was yeah. just him constipated for 90 minutes. It really was. So, you know, it's like, if they want to redo Spawn, I would have been cool with it five years ago. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, now, but that, but that... Why can't yeah, but they that was, make great classics like The Last Dragon? At least we'll get a hearty gut laugh out of that. Oh, don't, don't wish it, man, because it may happen. Don't oh, man, God. Oh, man, I would love to see who they cast as freaking show enough. Freaking Ricky. <laughs> Dude, it's going to be Buster Rhymes. You know it is. <laughs> it's going to be Buster Rhymes. That has Buster Rhymes written all over it. But you know The what? corpse of Julius Carey will rise from the dead and kick someone's ass. There you go. But, you know, while we're talking about real sh- action movies and shitty action actors, it comes into it comes right into this. Uh, good old Vin Diesel is going to do a third triple X movie, which is The Return of Xander Cage. It's going to be directed by a guy named Erickson Kaur, who directed the movie Invincible. It's going to show uh, Xander Cage's return to the National Security Agency after an eight-year absence. I don't care as long as Samuel Jackson comes back. Samuel Jackson okay. and his startup ass face. Okay. You know what they need to do? 
make some real good use of Vin Diesel. Let's get Vin Diesel and John Cena and make a really shitty remake of Tango and Cash. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that is... But you know what? The only way that'll work is if Kevin Spacey plays the role of the bad guy that Jack Palance played. That's the only way it'll work. Oh, my God. You know what it is? It kills me because... This is what Vin Diesel's doing, and, and you guys may agree or disagree. Vin Diesel's going into all the movies that he that made him popular, and he refused to do sequels for, and jumping back in. Fast and Furious. He didn't do what, the last fucking three? Oh, I got no money, let me come back for the full. You know, he, he did Pitch Black, then he did a whole, but he did fucking the one where he was the nanny, the Disney flick. Which that was terrible. Pass, the pacifier. Yep. Then he came. The only thing I can think of when I think of that movie is him holding that goddamn duck. That's it. And he came back for Chronicles of Riddick. Then he disappeared for a bit. Now he wants to come back with this shit because he did that uh that stupid Babylon AD shit. Did anybody see that shit? I haven't uh, watched it. Nope. Yeah, his mother didn't see that shit. Dude, I watched it, and I'll tell you why. The in, in theory, on paper, the story sounded interesting. Then you watched it, and it was all filmed in Russia. So it was just really bad Russian people trying to play, like, you know, futuristic fucking nobodies. It was well, that's really the movie they felt it with potatoes. Well, that's what you get for hiring yokels to play in the freaking future. I mean, you give them a freaking PDA, and they'd be like, oh, my God, a potato cutter. We got a pit boy. Strider, that's racist. (laughs) (laughs) But it's great. Hey, they're they're Russian. That's not racist. That's that's not racism. That's nationalism. There you go. But you got to look at it like this. You got to look at it like this. Vin Diesel is one of those guys where, you know, every time you come up with a decent movie in your head, you're like, man, Vin Diesel would be good for that role. But then you think about it, and you're like, oh, no, we won't. That's exactly <laughs> that guy. You know, like, it's like when you say to yourself, oh, you know, so-and-so should play this guy. Who do you think? Oh, it should be Vin Diesel. Just right off the bat. But then you watch a movie with him in it, and you're like, fuck, I paid for this? Like, you know, Pitch Black was fantastic. Then I watched um, Chronicles of Riddick, and I'm like, really? Really, dude? This is what you put out with these next And then he put out the cartoon and then the video game and And the game and the cartoon were better than fucking the Chronicles of Riddick. Which yep. I, which he's doing a third one. He's doing a third one for. It's it's two uh, games for Chronicles of Riddick. Yeah, they did a uh, Butcher Bay and then they re released Butcher Bay with extra shit, which is the one that came out recently. Yeah, it came, oh, out, yeah. it came out with the second game. Yeah, Butcher Escape, Boy, Turbo HD Remix Revival. Escape from Darkness. Go ahead. Well, to cover, to start closing out some of the stuff, uh, they got um, the guys that write the shield to start working on Hancock 2. Uh, oh, Jesus. Hey, no, hey, 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 hold the fuck up. Uh, Hancock, uh, I, was, I enjoyed that movie. 
I loved Hancock too, but they didn't need to make a second one. I enjoyed the first half. The first half of Hancock, then it got real fucking stupid and mushy and shit, and it just shut me off. Like I watched the whole movie and I'm like, really, really, this is how it's gonna end? Get the fuck out of here. So. I don't know what they're going to do. I bet you they're going to do the same thing they're doing with every other superhero movie. We're going to go dark. We're going to go dark with this movie and show the darkness of, of Will Smith's character. Other than yeah. his skin, what the fuck else are you showing me? You know, it's ridiculous. His, his bush. There you go. They're going to pay $55 million for more 4chan jokes. There you go. Well, to, to close it out, it would be... It would be a travesty not to say that the son, England's favorite rag, decided to say that Megan Fox was going to play Catwoman in the next Batman film. This oh, God, no. Guys, oh, God, no. These are the same guys that had said that Eddie Murphy was going to play the Riddler. So the fact that they... <laughs> oh. Exactly. I'd rather have Halle Berry play Catwoman again. Here we go. Here we go. This is why I have to save this to close out uh, this segment, because that alone... You know what? I'm going to close out your segment. Let's do another fucking remake. I'm going to get The Rock and John Cena. Let's remake Demolition Man. <laughs> no, 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 no. You get The Rock and John Cena, and John Cena grows out a mullet, and you may remake Lethal Weapon. Oh, there you go. There you go. If you want to get really shitty, you remake Lethal Weapon, which was a great movie. You just remake the best action flick ever with the most one-dimensional action. That's how you got to do it. You know, you recreate fucking Throw Mama from the Train with fucking Beyonce. <laughs> you know, that's how you do it. Just shit like that. That's how you. That's how it has to be. Because anything that's good and you put these shitbag actors in is just going to suck automatically. So not, why not just make remakes of shitty flicks? Like, why don't you remake Critters? Why don't you remake Wooly? Why don't you remake The Munchies? Fuck that. Why don't you remake Orca? No, I got God. it. Why don't we'll remake Ishtar and have Jay-Z star as one of the camels? <laughs> ah, nice, nice. But um, Mortis brought up something earlier about uh Quentin Rampage Jackson, the uh, UFC fighter playing BA Baracus in the eighth remake. It is not true, cause it came from our fine friends at the Sun. So no, it is not true. But I'll tell you this Thank much: uh, Liam, Liam Neeson is supposed to play uh the white-haired guy. I forgot what his name was. The boss. Liam Neeson is still alive. Hey, 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 he was awesome and taken. Shut your filthy mouth. <laughs> hey. Saying, dude. Hey, 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 you can't shit on Qui-Gon. He's a Jedi. Don't forget. Huh? Jedis don't die. They just become one with the Force. Alright. Yeah, and they, glow, they, and they glow in the light like freaking, like, like the freaking Twilight, Twilight dudes. <laughs> hey, guys, high five. That's cold, Obi-Wan. <laughs> My God. Well, that actually is going to bring us into the letter bag, and then I'm going to actually go over some other stuff. Uh, last week's question was, do 
you guys, well, do any gamers feel that the money they've invested into their systems, you know, they're getting a return on it? In the sense that, you know, you go, you buy a $400 system, plus accessories, it's 500 bucks, and you only own four games. I don't think you're getting much of a return, but I know that there are some people that'll, dis that'll uh, disagree. Um, we'll start with Slick. What do you think? Do you think that the consoles you've bought, you've gotten the maximum for what you've invested into them? Uh, I've gotten the most return off my PS3. Yeah, I spent a shitload of money on it, but I play... A lot of I play all my single player games on it, which is my original love. I only play the multiplayer games on the 360, which uh, I ain't playing shit on the 360 right now. And of course, it's my movie player for both standard and high def movies. So I don't I feel like I'm out of time. Nice. What about you, Bob? What do you think? Well, I don't have a PS3, so I can't say anything about the triple, but now that I've actually invested all the money in the accessories that I need for it, and that they're actually pumping out good fighting games for the 360, I think I've gotten my money's worth. Especially for the stuff that you can get on arcade, too, because for 5 bucks and you get a new Street Fighter, I'll dig that. Well said, well said. Um, what about you, Strider? The consoles that you own, have you, do you feel you've gotten the most out of it? Um, I mean, for my 360, even though I'm a fourth one to the Red Ring of Death and shit, you know, but granted, I never had to pay, pay any money for that shit. But, you know, for all the games that I've played, and, I mean, dude, I have too many games to play. <laughs> I, like, I, I I think I've gotten more than my money's worth. I got a whole bunch, I, you know, with Xbox Live, I, I meet a whole bunch of people online and shit. Uh, got my people playing online with me. You know, one versus a hundred, get a free game plus win free shit. I mean, I got more than enough. I I, I think it's it's like freaking investing, you know, four hundred bucks for like damn near what up to maybe seven, ten years of entertainment to come. I mean, hell yeah. And Strider uses one versus one hundred to date rape chicks. <laughs> <laughs> I think, and uh, but I'm gonna, I'm not even gonna ask Ark because she sent in a letter for this week. Um, the fact is Ark just used it as a masturbatory aid when she finally beats Dan with Sakura. Woohoo! <laughs> nice. I think that hey, I wasn't gonna say shit, but thanks, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Hey, whatever. Have fun with your $400 vibrator. Hell no! Wow. Wow. Nice. What is going on? That must be a long dick. <laughs> now it's now it's breaking down into dick jokes. All right. Okay, uh, that's enough. Yeah. Also, we've descended into comedy hell, where we lower down the purple main dick and climb ourselves back out of the hole. <laughs> well, I was gonna read say, your letters, I, sir. Yeah. I don't know. I think before I go into the letters, I can say that uh, I've owned, you know, I own all three systems, and I think that. Um, the 360's kind of gotten a lot more of the love recently just because, you know, it's releasing games that have shit that I enjoy. Um, the PlayStation 3 is getting more of the, of the fighting game love, so to speak, just because I feel that the controller is more fighting game friendly. Um, unlike Bob, you know, I, I, you know, I can't use the, the joystick for the fighting game, so for me that's, that's pointless, but... I can definitely relate to him getting the most enjoyment out of the 360 based on that, but I think the 360 for me is first-person shooters, uh, Xbox Live, 
certain sports games and just the community gaming as a whole. The PlayStation 3 is, you know, Metal Gear, shit, you know, shit like that. A lot of first-party titles that they got, you know, with the exclusion of uh, Resistance, which I don't like first-person shooters on the PlayStation 3 because the fucking analog sticks for my big-ass hands do not work. But I think overall I've gotten my money's worth for both of them. The Wii, uh, not as much just because their online component needs a lot of work. And the fact that every game that they come out is like shovelware. It's like Raise Puppies 6, Feed Birds 4, you know, Make Muffins 3. Like that, that's what happens. Biscuit Mama. Yeah, you walk into a, into a Wii gaming aisle and you, you'll see, you know, Mario Kart. The prerequisite Mario game, a prerequisite Zelda, then you see Jenga, which sucks, or <laughs> you know, yeah, you see, you'll see Jenga or Chicken Shoot, or wow, forty games in one, forty games in one. You see shit like that. You see uh, pets. Yeah, Action pets. Fifty Two, the remake. Yep. <laughs> Oh my god. Like that is just awful. And you're still paying fifty dollars for Smash Brothers, don't forget that. That is true. See, that's what breaks my heart. I I remember standing in line for the Wii when it launched and being excited as a kid on fucking Christmas when I held that thing in my hand. Played it for a week and then I set it down. That's you know what it is? I that the only thing I play on it is Wii Fit and fucking Mario Galaxy and that's it. I don't even get virtual console games that much because the only one I played was Splatterhouse because nobody's remade it yet. But other than that, I think the Wii is the one that fucking I haven't gotten my most my most return, but I don't feel too bad because it was the cheapest system at the time. So. Yeah. Yeah, I touched on all I think that I spent more on... Hey, man. Our kitty had the floor. Yeah. I was just saying that I touched on all that in my letter, so I'm not saying anything. Yep. In reference to that, we'll read her letter first. Uh, she's, her response was, my current gen systems that I own are the Wii and the 360. I paid 250 for the Wii and purchased about 10 hard copy games for that system. For my 360, the total is around 14. My most used current gen console is my 360. I still have games, and I, I still have some games I haven't played yet on the console, but the ones I have played, I feel that I've enjoyed thoroughly and would recommend them to my friends. If they're fans of the games, John, if they're fans of the game, John, probably the best thing about the system is the Xbox Live feature. The time spent playing with my friends via online gameplay and or chatting has been well worth the price of the system. Gotta give her props there. Uh, yes, my console did, did do the Red Ring of Death once, but it was fixed and I haven't had any problems with it since. This could be because I'm no longer a gamer that turns on my system for seven plus hours a day, but the fact remains that I've had very little trouble with my investment. Now, before I go into the rest of her letter, she, she made a lot of valid points and she touched upon the fact that, you know, while the system did crap out on her, you know, she took it in stride and she, you know, she made it work. Now, but... I think that the fact that she she bases it on, well, the fact that you base it, because you're on the line, the fact that you base it on the fact that you don't play seven hours a day as a factor, while that's a good way of looking at it, I think that when you pay for 
you, when you pay money like that, especially for the 360 or the PS3, and that shit dies on you because you leave it on for an hour or two, or you're playing for three or four hours, when you're paying that kind of money, I shouldn't have to worry about that shit, you know? No, no, I, I, I val- very valid point there, but I mean, I was just giving my two cents at, in the moment, so. Yeah, I think that, you know, I think overall, you know, the the console durability factor has fucking gone out the window in the sense that they just want to crank them out and get them into the store's hands. You know, it, it's understandable, but it's fucked up on the same, but... In finishing up her letter, she states, My experience with the Wii is very fickle. I have found games that I absolutely love, and there are others that just barely make the cut. My two favorite games are Trauma Center Second Opinion and Resident Evil 4 Wii Edition. Solid titles overall. Here lies the problem. Both of these games are both ported from other platforms, one handheld and one system. While I believe Wii utilizes the controls fantastically for both games, I just cannot get excited about being a Wii owner. This is very true. I was expecting the next generation of consoles, and while Nintendo clearly stated that the Wii was not made to compete with the 360 or the PS3, they certainly had no issue campaigning their new juggernaut with the tags, the Wii Experience. Very, very true. The Wii, I remember, they, they, they thought about it like it was the second coming. Oh, this is going to be fantastic. It's going to revolutionize gaming, really. The shit doesn't even do high death. What is it revolutionizing? Nope. You, you know, it doesn't do shit. And, you know, you, you closed out with my Wii experience has been nothing but a stunted taste of what the Xbox Live already has to offer. I'm not interested in browsing the internet on my console. I'm not interested in their applications. This being said, That's I'm not particularly you excited. <laughs> I'm not particularly excited whenever I hear any news in regards to what the Wii has to offer because there's nothing to hear. As I've touched on previously, they've already stated that they're not looking to compete with the PS3 or the 360, so what is there to look forward to? To sum everything up, my purchase of the 360 and all its games has been worth my time and money. The Wii, however, has not. While I would be lying if I said that there was nothing enjoyable about my entire experience with the Wii, I would also be false in my intentions if I gave props to Nintendo for their awesome system. I think overall, she she put it out there the way it should be put out there by just acknowledging the fact that while there are good things and bad things, the overall content that the system offers is fucking shit. Because it's true. And I bet you should buy that fucking Resident Evil 2 remake. What is it? You're going to buy the Resident Evil 2 remake? There's going to be a Resident Evil... I did not even hear about this. This chick... She has like fucking... I don't know what the fuck in her ears. It was at the beginning of the show. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. You can't hear the radio from the kitchen, can you? No, not at all. Oh boy. Well. God damn it, Bob. Uh, the, the next letter is from Ant. The Ant, of course, he he told me that it was a very long letter, so I'm gonna kind of skim through it. And given that we all like Ant so much, he has his own uh, sound clip when stuff comes in from him from now on. No shit. Say hello to my little friend. <laughs> I'm gonna fucking fall down. Anthony, oh my uh, god. He talks big because he's so short. 
Oh, before, Man, you read his, before you read his letter, I'm just going to say one thing that is not going to be his letter. Ant recently got a PS3. Nice. Yep. Well, you know what? Um, so much so that he had to go on Xbox Live and tell everyone that he bought a PS3. Yeah. All right. Man, on with the letter. Hold on a minute. I got uh, somebody telling me that they don't hear me, but they hear all you guys. So something is fucking messed up. Yeah. But, uh, I, hear, I hear. It sounds like someone's snoring in the background. I know. Or breathing heavy. Or breathing heavy. Yeah, hope the slick is that you? Nah, I don't think I don't think so. I think it's just breathing by the microphone. But anyway, let's get into. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is that? Um, Daddy McGee. <laughs> awful, awful. All right, let's let's go let's go to it. Come on. All right, ant letter time. Ant's letter is uh, you know, he he responded of course. And he goes, let me break it down into each category. Let it be known that right now I own a Wii and a 360, and I'm going to get a PS3 Slim as soon as money allows. Now let me get started with the Wii. The, the thing only costed $250, and keep in mind, each retail game costs 50 Now mathematically speaking, I knew he was going to do this, it only takes five games to equal the price of the console. Here's the list of games that I own. Uh, Rayman 1 and 2, Wii Play, Brawl... Resident Evil Umbrella Chronicles, Resident Evil 4, WarioWare, damn. Super Mario Galaxy, alright, this is a long ass list. Uh, he said, uh, now that's more than twice the, the price of the console. At 14 games, that's $700. For the price of a launch PS3 and about two next-gen games, I got, a ga- I got a Wii and a decent-sized library of games. I truly find to be hits. I'd get a WiiWare and Virtual Console, you know... He'd go, oh, he said he'd get into WiiWare and Virtual Console numbers, but it'll cut, it'll, I'll cut it short and say that I own maybe eight Virtual Console games and five, um, five or six of them, none of which cost more than $15 each. I'll say that as much as the Wii gets shit on in three years, it's existed. I got more than my money's worth. Now, before I go into his letter any further, I think that wh- he brings up relevant points in the sense that he equates how much, he, how many games he's bought to earning back the return on the system. And that's fine. But you know what it is? Those games that he bought, the 14 games that he bought, are probably the only good 14 games that are out. (laughs) It's sad, sad, but it's very true, you know, because it's like, right now, if if you own a Wii, what did you have to look forward to this summer? Punch-Out. That's it. And we... Earthbound. But that got canceled. There you go. That's that's what you had to look forward to. Was a fucking virtual console game. It was the only thing for Wii that I was looking forward to, and they nixed it. Well, there you go. That was a sleeper hit, right? Huh? Yeah, Earthbound was a sleeper hit. Earthbound pretty much like a sleeper hit? It was like one of the greatest RPGs ever fucking made. It was under my radar for where I was living at the time, but I've always... I knew it was popular, and I, I would have thought it would have been on the virtual console already. They were sitting there talking about it for a while about putting it out, and then at the last minute they're like, oh, no, we're not going to do it, and it's since dropped off the respective radar. If they put Quest well, you 64 know what up there and it's speed, I'm going to be pissed. Well, you know what it is? He goes, he goes into the 360, and he says, let me just say 
that I only had to ship off my system for repair once in the four years. I've been a loyal fan. Even that was free, so that doesn't factor in at all with my worthiness equation. <clears throat> it was 500 bucks when I bought it, plus a $100 wireless adapter, and that alone equaled the price of the PS3. However, then I got the HD DVD drive. Oh, God. I won't even shed a tear for him because I got it, too, when it was 100 bucks. So that pushed it to 700 So for the price of my Wii and my whole library, I just basically got a next-gen console that can go online and play a dead HD disc format. Glad he acknowledged that. So far, it's not sounding like anything can make it worth the price. Let's get into the games which are generally 60 bucks a pop. I would take 12 games to equal that price. My library, Gears of War 1 and 2, Halo 3, Unreal, Orange Box, Left 4 Dead, Rock Band, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Earth Defense Force, Burnout Paradise, Fallout, Fable 2. Those 17 games alone equal $1,020. That's way more than the actual cost. So right there, I'll say I've gotten more than my money's worth. Before I wrap up his letter, I'm more than sure you guys are going to agree. The HD DVD drive was total fail, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, I didn't even buy it when it was $10. Well, you know what it is? I, I understood the, the validity of them saying, oh, yeah, you know, we're going to come out with our own format. That's fine. But if if history's taught us anything, when they did um, beta and VHS, somebody had to die. You know? When they did mm -hmm. disc and DVD, somebody had to go out. It's the same thing. And you have to take into account that while Microsoft has buku money, Sony knows how to fucking sell electronics. Period. You know, it's like you got a software company competing against an electronics company for something that for all intents and purposes is electronically based. Yeah, you know, you can say, oh, well, Microsoft, you know, they make games that play on the PC. No. Sony makes TVs and other shit, and they said to themselves, okay, how can we make this format work for everybody? Oh, we'll put out these fantastic TVs that make it look fucking beautiful. Microsoft said, oh, yeah, we'll put out this drive, and you buy it, and you get King Kong. Thanks. You know, I think at the end of the day, somebody, had, somebody was going to have to eat the bullet, and Microsoft learned the hard way. Which sucks, because now Microsoft can't even use Blu-ray, because Sony's going to go, you see, we told you, we told you it was going to be cool. You know, they can't finger even do it. Yep, they, they can't even do it. They can't even do it till the next Xbox console. You know, I mean, Slick made a, a point in the forum that HD DVD got porn, and porn changed the scope of what format won with the VHS wars, which makes perfect sense. But at the end of the day, you know, porn is not the great equalizer anymore because of the beautiful thing called the Internet. You yep. don't have to go and buy shit anymore. Like back then, you, you know, your porn consisted of VHS tapes. And it was like, right, who has the largest library of tapes? Oh, VHS, guess what? I guess VHS wins then. With, with DVD, you know, I can understand that DVD was going to get phased out at some point, And it was just going to be by a better version of DVD. There can't be two of anything. Somebody always has to go. That's just the way shit is. But... To close out Ant's email, he goes, here's my final thoughts, since the email is getting lengthy. <laughs> Xbox Live Arcade and Wii Shop have covered for their console's longevity. Xbox Live and the indie games, once community games, as well as virtual console and WiiWare, are forever adding new and amazing titles. 
I got to give the man credit because Shadow Complex is Shadow pretty Complex is cool. crazy. Uh, nothing ever goes past $15, so I can never say that they're not bargains. I can honestly say I'm finding more of these games worth buying. I can say for the retails within the last year. It's a sin when a game like Castle Crashers for $15 is a better game than 75% of the recent hits. But that's a different discussion entirely. Mm-hmm. He, he closes out by saying, anyway, to round this off and put an end to it, I'll end with this. In my time of ownership, I've more than doubled the price of the consoles with my libraries. Smaller downloadable games are keeping these systems alive and kicking. I'm happy with my expenses. Back when the PS3 first launched at $600, I said that it'd take 10 good games to make it worth the price. In my opinion, there's still not 10 games I really want for the system. So now that it's 300 it's a more reasonable price now, and it only takes five games. There are five games I do want. Now that's worth it. Now, you know, his rationale, while, you know, it's, it's, a respe- it's respectable, I, I really, you know, I try to shy away from doing that because if you went by, oh, I'm going to buy this many games to equal the value of this console, what happens with the quality of game then? Are you going to buy mediocre games to offset the fact that you paid 600 bucks? Like, think about it. You know, you got the Xbox 360. You buy all these games. You get live, and you get whatever games are put out through live. Then, you know, at the end of the day, you're not thinking to yourself, oh, I got to buy seven games to offset the cost. You're looking at the fact of, is this going to be the system for me? I think his rationale, while it works for him, I don't think is applicable to anybody else. Because when you guys bought your consoles, were you looking at it from the standpoint that you'd buy X amount of games to, you know, make the con, you know, make it worth the money? Or were you looking at it from the fact of, wow, this game is pretty cool, let me buy it? If I were to go by Ant's rationale, honestly, I still wouldn't buy a PS3. Because there's not even five games from the PS3 that I want. You know, it, it, okay. that, that's, that's very, very touchy. I mean, I, I can remember what, when they were doing the, um, when they were launching and they were doing the whole E3 thing, and I saw Heavenly Sword, I'm like, ooh, that looks pretty. You know, I followed that one for a little while, and then I actually got to play it, and I'm like, <laughs> And then, I mean, everything else was exclusive for the system, I, I had zero interest in. Even with the new um, the new title they're coming out with, uh, that's coming from our project, the uh, um, Eco. I was I was like, oh my god, this is what's going to make me want to buy the system, and it wasn't. I mean, I, I mean, I only seen you know just some um, sneak peeks and whatnot, but just the premise of it, you know, this, this great big you know monster thing that you get to walk walk around the desolate area with, and it helps you. It doesn't pique my interest. I'm I'm very I'm, I would I want to buy a PlayStation 3. I do. I, I want to have games that take advantage of all, you know, I, all right, what am I trying to say here? I want a system where I can enjoy, you know, a really, really awesome experience, you know, have those high-def graphics, this, that, and the other, that's supposed to blow me away, and it's just not happening yet for me. So I can't go by answer mentality. What about you, Bob? The only time I was ever interested in buying a PS3 was when Virtual Fighter 5 came out, and then Xbox did it better. Very, very, very true, because I own it on the PS3, and then I played it on the 360. I'm like, fuck, man. <laughs> and know, it goes online with the 360. Very true. What about you, Strong? Other than that, think? like, everyone jizz their pants over Metal Gear Solid, and I have better things to play than Rubber Clad Jerry ass. <laughs> 
what do you, what do you think, Strider? What about you? Do you think you've uh, do you do you think that mentality works? Well, as far as like you know, I'm a, I'm a paid this X amount of money uh, on this system on on the games for this system in order to get the money in order to get my money's worth. That's uh, in my opinion, I wouldn't ju- I wouldn't judge the quality. I wouldn't judge the output or the quality of the game. Well, I wouldn't judge your investment money based on you know how much I how much money I put on the games. I'd rather focus on the quality of the game. You know, how much fun do I get out of it? You know, in that case, in that aspect, you know, I've bought I have a buttload of games for my 360, and you know, even if the games costed five dollars and you know probably wasn't even worth the entire system itself, I still get more enjoyment out of the system rather than, you know, than on the game itself. So, I mean, in that in that aspect, I say, you know, the way I I wouldn't worry about money-wise. Money don't mean jack when it comes to the quality. No. Well said. What about you, Slick? What do you think? I looked at it this way. The first console that I wanted was the PS3. It was actually... Actually, I got the Wii first, and something happened where I had to send the Wii, I had to take the Wii back, and I wound up with a PS3, and then got a Wii months later. That's a whole other story. I wanted the PS3 because it was an entertainment center. Okay. I mean, I don't, I have a, I always, since I got my first apartment, I've always had a big screen TV in my living room, and it's not just to play games. I like to watch movies, I like to do whatever. And the PS3 is the only console that did all of that. So it was worth $600 to me. And it's, to me, I mean, it's a well-made console. Shit doesn't break every five seconds. Mm. Nowadays, now that I have all, well, Sunday I'll have all three consoles. The PS3 is my, is my console of choice for single-player games. And the reason why I, I'll play multiplayer games on the 360 is because most of the people I know will have a 360 over a PS3, and I want to play games with them. The fact of the matter is I have a few games where I have a copy for each console for one reason or another, and I've always found that the game looks better on the PS3. So, again, the only reason why I'm buying games on the 360 is to play it with other people. Because even if people have it on the PS3, the 360 has a much better communication system. And I'm going to, you know, I'll say the pluses and the minuses of each system. If you want to have a good time with your friends on a game, you play on the 360. If you want to have, you know, an overwhelming graphical experience and, you know, enjoy a game by yourself, you play it on the PS3. You want to watch movies, you you freaking get a PS3 because Netflix is great, but uh, the quality of the movies compared to a Blu-ray, it just doesn't compare. True. The Wii, I play once in a while. I'm, I haven't turned it on this year, to be honest, I don't think. I'll, 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 go with, I'll do you one better. The way I see it is that the, the Xbox 360 uses all of its put it like this, uses all the tools that, that it has at its disposal to get the gamer involved. The PlayStation 3, like I, like I was saying, you know, in the previous show and just in conversations with Flick, it's the fact that 
Sony likes to throw a lot of hardware at you. You know, they like to say, hey, we can, our system can do this, it can do this, it can make you waffles, it can make you pancakes, it can make you eggs. <laughs> but you know what? If it doesn't have the game, if it doesn't have the games for you to enjoy it, what good is all that extra shit? It's like right now, I have Netflix, and, you know, I, I always used to complain when this would get lost or they'd come scratched. I can fucking turn on my Xbox now and watch a Netflix movie without waiting for the disc to get here. Yep. You know, that, 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 that's, a great, that's a great fucking thing. And then Sony, on the other end, you know, they have, you know, great, great, great things in theory. But their execution is just not as well thought out, either because they assume that they continue to get over on the fact that the system is so powerful versus adding stuff to make the experience better for the gamer. You know, you can't throw hardware at everything. You can't. There has to be a strategy. And I think Microsoft's strategy is the strategy of beating all the other two consoles because they have the online component, which Nintendo lacks. They have first-party exclusivity on things that Sony hasn't even thought of. I mean, don't get me wrong. People shit on, like, the Facebook shit and Last.fm and Twitter, but Sony's not even anywhere near that. And Netflix is exclusive only to the 360. It's like that's actually that's pretty actually serious. actually it's been said that Netflix and Hulu are going to be available for the Wii very soon. Oh yeah, but you have to wow. have a play on the play on add-on supposedly. Yep. I mean, you can do it now with third party. Um, if Nintendo does it with third party, that'll be really nice. But I think that the people that are playing the Wii right now are playing it on the strength of they want to just play the games. Nobody wants to surf the internet on the Wii. Right. Not that I'm aware of. I'm more than sure people do. But I, I don't think that that's what people own the Wii for. They own it. The only for, thing I've you know, surfed on the Wii Internet for is to go to the 4chan flashboard, because seeing that shit on a 52-inch screen is hilarious. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 is, that is true. Wow. That rendering, Movie rendering night that at stuff, Bob. the Wii does a good job. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, the last letter comes from Hyena, and he oh. says, I got three metal... Yeah, exactly. I got the Navy Field. Shut up. I got the PS3 Metal Gear Solid 4 bundle for 500 bucks. That's 80 gigs with a flash card reader, uh, backwards compatibility, a DualShock 3, and of course Metal Gear Solid. So in my mind, it's like owning a PlayStation 2 and a PlayStation 3 for 500 bucks. Back in the day, the PS2 came out on retail for like what, 200 dollars. So in essence, I'm owning a PS3 for 300 bucks. I had never looked at it that way, but that's pretty cool. He goes on to say, well, actually, it would be less because the game itself is $60 and the controller when it first came out is 50 which brings the grand total of $190 for the PS3. It's a powerful system that delivers good visuals. I say good because my PC is better. I knew he was going to go there. I thought an extra DualShock 3 and the Sony headset for SOCOM, well, he bought them as his peripherals and he still uses them. The Wii, collecting dust for now until Curse Mountain and Muramasa come out. I feel I'm not getting my money's worth at all. I love getting new tech and gadgets. The IR sensor tech was nice, but that's it. Where are the games worth playing? Who the fuck needs four Hannah Montana games and none of them contain voyeur pics from her cell phone? <laughs> that's, that's pretty funny. Actually, I know where the games are. Uh, what, is, what the hell did he say? Actually, I know where the games are. Productions don't think it's cost-effective move to produce games for it. If they wanted a multi-platform, 
if they, they'd have to re-encode a new game due to the IR tech like they did with Ghostbusters. I got four remotes with nunchucks, a Nike recharge bay that only holds two at a time. Why the hell did I why the hell did I get extra Wiimotes? I like to call this gamer karma of console variety. I feel like I got an awesome deal with the PS3, but got ripped off on the Wii. I'm sure I broke even somewhere. Wow. Now, he he brings up a valid point, and um, I think that looking at it like that is a really good way to sell the virtues of the PlayStation 3. I mean, in removing backwards compatibility, I know I always harp on it, but... Sony had a perfect bargaining chip right there. They're like, hey, got a PS2? Guess what? You get a PS2 inside a brand new shiny PS3 for 300 bucks, And you can play all your old games. Isn't that fantastic? Like, you know, they could they could have just marketed, marketed that alone, and I think that parents would have been more susceptible to plunking down the money to buy their kids a next-generation system because they'd be like, Oh, well, little Jimmy can play all those PS2 games, which would give me at least six months before I need to buy him a $60 PS3 game. I got you. I'm definitely agreeing with that. I still can't believe they're, that they're actually going to get rid of the backwards compatibility. I'm actually looking over at my shelf right now of, like, 30 PS2 titles that I'm probably not going to be able to play if I ever buy one. Oh, well, looks like we got another caller on the line. Let's see who it is. You're on the air. Hello. This? It's yeah. it's Hito Gene. Hey, how's it going? Hey man, how's it going? Uh, it's going pretty well. This is what I have to say for somebody that owns all three of them. Okay, when it comes to the Wii, like the guy said in this letter, nobody wants to fucking code for that shit, bro. Because it's because they're like, oh well, fuck it. I can just put it on the 360 and the Xbox. It's gonna look better. And people are gonna buy it regardless. The Xbox 360 and the and the fucking PS3 have all ass load of crap games. Tons and tons and tons. When you have 3,000 games and, like, 10 of them are good, that doesn't make the console good. It doesn't make the console good at all. There's 10 good games on the Wii, just like there's 10 good games on the PS3, and there's 10 good games on the Xbox 360. No, there, there's nothing out there on any of these consoles that's going to be like, oh, my God, wow, let me fucking cream myself over it. Because, hands down, when it comes down to it, truthfully, it's it, it's all gimmick. It's all gimmick. Like, the PS3 is like, oh, this is so amazing. This is so amazing. This game is fucking crap. You know, I have an Xbox 360 that, like, that's been sitting there forever and a half. I mean, like, I, I play Halo 3 on it all the time. I wreck people on Halo 3. I go on my 360. I play COD 4. You know, I go on my Wii and I play Smash Brothers. Yes, all three of these games, I think, are mandatory for me to own. But, you know, these are one game for each of these consoles. Like, it's not like, you know, there's, like, a console with, like, 80, you know, blockbuster hits. That's not the way it is. But because, you know, the PS3 is prettier and the Xbox 360 is prettier, people are, like, you know, shunning the Wii because, oh, well, just because it's not as pretty, well, it's got to be better because this game is prettier. I mean, like, I've seen, like, for example, a very good example, Killzone 2. They swore to God, bro, that video when, like, before the PS3 came out, that was, like, in-game footage and whatnot and so forth. I play fucking Killzone 2. That is not fucking in-game footage. That game is crap, man. 1080i fucking big-ass fucking TV. That game is fucking shit. The gameplay is shit. The graphics are shit. And they lie to you about this shit all the time. They're like... I, you know what it is? Nerd rage. 
no, no, truthfully, wow. though, man, that, that shit angers me, man. That shit angers me, because, like, they give you, like, these, like, CG cutscenes, and they're like, this is gameplay, and everybody fucking nuts themselves, and then they play the game, and it's crap, but nobody's going to admit that they spent 60 bucks on a crappy game, and they're like, oh, yeah, this game's good, because it looks good. Yeah, I'm sorry, bro. There's, like, 8 million chicks out there that are fucking hot as hell, but they suck in bed. It's, it, it, what's the point? Dude. I can bust you know, out with ugly bitch just as good as I can bust out with you, you know? That's true. Gene? But before, Gene? before you, uh, hold on, yeah. hold on, hold on. And I know, I know Strider's gonna, Strider's gonna mediate it, but let me tell you something. You, in, in, in the fact that you were passionate about it, it's that you give a fuck about where you invest your money. But the problem is, and, and this is why a lot of people give all these systems shit, it's the fact that you know, like you said, yeah, Killzone, they put a video out, everybody fucking creaming their pants for it, and nobody calls them on their bullshit. But that's because people are so enamored with all the other shit that they're offering that they don't want to look at the negative. See, the Wii hasn't... They have their ten good games, and people can always say, wow, those are ten great games, but they're not doing anything else to push the Wii forward. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know... Hyena made a good point that he's only waiting for two games for Curse Mountain and Muramasa. Meanwhile, you know, you got the Xbox 360 cranking shit out on, you know, on Xbox Live. You got it cranking shit out on disc. PlayStation 3, you know, they cranked out Fat Princess, which while it was hype to no end, wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be. You know, it's all, it's all the hype machine, and people do get caught up in that. And I respect what, you know, what you're saying and calling them out on the bullshit. But what I... Me personally, is that Nintendo is not moving the Wii forward. You know, they're just taking shit that's already worked, slapping and a, a different it type of engine on it, and making it work. They'll go, oh, Mario, everyone loves Mario. What can we make Mario do this month? Oh, Mario's going to the Olympics with Sonic. Everyone will love that. <laughs> you know, like, like that's their out. And they're not, they're not moving it forward. It's like Mario Galaxy, I felt, was one of the most original titles. But look at See, how but that's the thing, though. Like the, like, but that's the thing, though. You need to get on these companies, too, bro. Like, these people that are making these games, man, they're just, like, they're, you know, tossing out crap out there and, like, expecting people to shell out an ass load of money for, like, a game that's supposed to be amazing and it doesn't end up that way. I mean, like, I understand what you're saying. You know, they're not pushing the console forward. But at the same time, I mean, like, if anybody out there and, like, you know, these, like, third parties actually sat down and, like, you know, used their brain for five seconds, you can come up with something that's, like, worth playing. It's about innovation. And, you you know something? For the last two years, bro, I've been sitting on my ass playing the same old bullshit. I played fucking, like, on the PS2 and on the Xbox and on my fucking Dreamcast. This is true. Dream. You know what it is? They're getting people... Go ahead. They're getting people with... You know, no, I, I know... I know, Strider, you want to... You want to eat the tape... Yeah, do, do you think, bro? Go ahead. Do you think? But, um... No, I think that... What, you know, the passion that he's exhibiting is the problem with... Not not gaming in general, but just with a lot of people that invest so much money. Like, the whole reason why we have blogs and, you know, we do, you know, I do this show and shit is because nobody has an open forum to call people out on their bullshit. Because what happens is, you know, you got uh, shit like the hotspot, you know, shit like that, that's the, like GameSpot, that, you know, their podcast and their, and their, co and their coverage is biased. Not because they don't want to tell the companies how shitty their products are, but because it's the company that's paying their bills. I it's the company that's bending them over the corporate table and letting them take it up the ass is what it is. 
Exactly, <laughs> but you know what it is? We as gamers got to call them out on their bullshit. And the problem is that the minute that we start getting riled up about shit, like, so, like Sony, Sony had to cut the price of their system because Activision was like, look, we're not going to make any more games for you if you don't cut the price of this shit because we're not making any money. That was the only, when Sony started getting threatened by their, by the guys that helped them make money, they were like, fuck, we gotta do something. And it's sad that it wasn't the consumer that made them lower the price. It was other game companies. It was EA. It was, you know, Neversoft. It was those companies that told them, hey, you guys gotta lower the price. It wasn't us. We had zero control of that shit, which is disgusting. Because guess what? We're the ones that fucking lay out four, five, six hundred dollars. And we, you know, we deserve to be acknowledged. It's like I hate getting surveys from Sony that say, oh, if we added this to the system, would you play it more? No, fuckheads. I'd play we the system more. We have a very more. easy way. I was going to say that. We have a very easy way to show our voice, and it's not to buy shitty games. See, but the thing is, though, it's just like it's just like the movies, man. You put out a fucking awesome trailer for anything. You chop it up together. This and do getting blown up and that and the other. It's all about the first weekend. They don't give a fuck that the game sucks balls. It's all about the first weekend because the first weekend, like, two million people are going to go out and buy that game because it looked awesome. And, like, you know, some fucking retard kid on fucking G4 is like, oh, yeah, this game looked awesome. They're going to go out and buy it, and by the time they get it home, it's too late. You already spent your cash. What are you going to do, return it? Oh, well, guess what? You only get store credit to buy another shitty game that nobody likes. You know what? Uh, I got to turn it for a second because you said Activision made the, the PS, made Sony lower, lower the price on the PS3. You know what? Fuck Activision. The PS3 being expensive isn't why they're not selling games. They put out the same fucking game in less than a year is why they're not selling games. Really That's sit cool. down and look at it. Prototype is Spider-Man Web of Shadows with a different fucking skin on it. He's got oh, all the fucking same powers. No, no, no. Well, yeah, a little bit of ultimate destruction, but look at the shit Spider-Man did in Web of Shadows and look at what Alex Mercer does. Whip Fist is fucking Spidey in the fucking symbiote throwing the fucking tendrils around. It's the okay. same like fucking yeah. game with a fucking Optimus Prime skin on it. Yeah. <laughs> now, to, add, to add on to what Gene was saying, I'm uh, sorry to cut you off, I'm going to just make this real quick. No, 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 ahead, but uh, to, add on to, what Gene, to add on to what Gene was saying, uh, I have to agree with you in that aspect because, I mean, we look at Transformers 2, you know, critics, you know, the the critics, the people that really watch movies and and knows how to judge them, you know, the biggest flop of the year, but it was the most successful flop, flop of the year because, you know, fucking, it it did what? It was uh, it was close to Spider-Man, I think. It was it was it beat out Spider-Man or some shit, I think. I think it I did about. beat out Spider-Man. Yeah, it beat out I Spider-Man. And, you know, and it was like the one of the worst, crappiest movies ever made. So that's just another example of people gobbling up shit uh, in you know, in, in comparison to the people that knows that shit and refuses to partake in it. Well, you know that that's the best way to look at it because you know what it is. It it brings to the point the the old saying of people trying to make a chicken salad out of chicken shit, and people think <laughs> that they people think that they take something pretty, and you know it, it goes back to what Gene said. He was like, you know, he was upset that Killzone put out this beautiful trailer. And they sold everyone on it, and he felt as a gamer gypped because he it didn't deliver the visuals and, and the and the experience that he uh, you know that he saw initially. Yeah. 
Yeah, very true, man. Because like seriously, when I watched watch that trailer, I'm like, this is like immersed in fucking action. I mean, like you know, when the guy hands <laughs> you the friggin' like bazooka, it's like you're right there. And I played the game, bro, and I'm like, what the hell is this, bro? I'm gonna go play COD four. I think I mean, what happens is that we we're, we're we're so enamored with the fact that you know the visual simulation is is fantastic. Like we're playing the shit, we're like, wow, that looks really really awesome. That that a lot of times we lose sight of the fact that the game is shitty. That's what I'm saying. Like sometimes it's just shit wrapped in a pretty wrapper. Yeah, exactly. Because I've seen that. You know, it's it you you get games that look beautiful and they're shit. They're just utter shit. That's very true, man. I mean, I mean, I mean, like for example, like never in my life have I ever seen like, like, a uh, thugged out gangster dude ever in the world, bro. Like he came up to me and challenged me to a Pokemon battle, bro. I was like shitting myself, okay. Like, and this game is like 2D top down, like has looked the same since Game Boy, but because the content is good, people are buying this shit by the millions. You know, it's like. Just give give me something worth playing, man. I mean, like, I don't care what it looks like. I mean, yes, it's awesome that it looks great, but, you know, Megan Fox supposedly looks great, and, you know, I don't want anything to do with that. But that's I would fuck that with Kevin Kelly's dick. There you go. But you know what it is? It's the shallow. It's the shallowness of that, that, that they prey on. They prey on the fact that if you make something pretty enough, people will fall for it, especially now that a majority of us own, you know, televisions that you know, look like you're staring out a plate glass window. They figure, make it real pretty, make it real pretty, and we'll suck them in. You know, and a lot of people are falling for that, and then it's too late. Like you said, you go to return the game, and they'll either buy it back from you for less than what the game is worth, which happened to me with Wolverine, or they'll give you store credit and beat you over the head. It's it's ridiculous. No, seriously, man, we should have, like, a tea party or something, throw crappy games into the river and be like, fuck, guys, I'm not taking this bullshit anymore. <laughs> like, have, like, That's a giant cool. circle jerk on... But you know what it is? No, but... I, we, we have to do that. We have to, we have to step up and use all the mediums that are there. We got to use all those mediums and, and go out there and say, look, man, fucking... We have to, you know, you guys got to make better games. It shouldn't be dictated by a company, the price drop. You know, Slick said it best. He's like, if I'm, you know, why the fuck, if prototype is, you know, a web of shadows, you know, with a pretty skin, why are those guys making the rules and not the people who lay out their hard-earned money, especially in this economy? And it's a real easy answer because people don't want to state their opinions on an open forum. You know, that's the problem with the internet. It makes shit faceless. It's like, look, if a game sucks, don't fucking buy it. They'll get it. And the surveys that you get in your email will start saying, well, why haven't you bought a couple from us in the last three years? Oh, because it fucking stinks. And you guys rehash the same shit. That's why. Yeah, you know, seriously, it's that man. simple. Like, like, like six, four. Oh, yeah, I was so excited about that game, and then I played it, and I was like, man, I'm just going to go play some Blaze Blue. <laughs> <laughs> well, Street Fighter Four was very good, and I think in the plot... Shut fuck is, you. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think at the end of the day, what Street Fighter Four ended up doing was making it... You know, the the fact that Capcom just has their fucking numbering system up their ass, 
you know, messes things up because it's like you got Street Fighter Alpha, which takes place before Street Fighter 2, and it takes place after Street Fighter 1. Okay, we get it. But then you play Street Fighter 4, it takes place after the new challenges, but before Street Fighter 3. Wh what the fuck is that? You know, it's like, in terms of continuity, you can't, you can't, you know, especially if you want to play the game and you're like, well, why does this guy have beef with this guy? Oh, well, they had beef from Street Fighter 3. Okay, but this is 4. You know, like, their numbering system is fucked up. I think that, honestly, 4 that came out recently should have been 3. And then they yeah, should have just definitely. released 3 now. You know, they should have released 3 now. Obviously, they're never going to do it that way. But that's one of the things that they did. They just took a formula. They brought Street Fighter back to the bare basics. And everybody sucked it up. They were like, this is the greatest Street Fighter ever. Why? Because it doesn't have level 5 turbo and a fireball that takes up the whole screen. <laughs> took it back to what's you know like at the end of the day we piss and moan um, uh, and you know we complain but I was guilty of it too I'm like I I bought Street Fighter wow it looks really cool and I'm playing it and I'm like wow it plays really slow because you're so used to playing it fucking hopped up on fucking speed and you're like oh shit this is slow as shit like Street Fighter now becomes a chess match now it becomes a no, it is, man. They went back to, like, Super Nintendo Street Fighter 2. I'm like, at least give me Turbo, man. I mean, come on. But you but know what? Why. I they don't didn't... find a problem with that. I mean, yeah, you know my uh, coming into the whole video game or, or the whole fighting thing. I think Street Fighter 4 just takes a lot more finesse. That's all. It doesn't have to be really, you know, quick or anything like that. It's just, yeah, you just kind of... Yeah, see, I play games that... I play games that make my brain twitch. Like, I like playing Guilty Gear because that game has, like, 80 million different, like, aspects to it that you have to know what you're going to do, like, right there and then. There's no thinking about it. It all becomes instincts at some point. And, like, I really like that, you know, when, like, you can play a game to, like, the fact that, like, it's moving so fast that when somebody's watching, they're like, how the hell are you playing this? But it makes perfect sense to you, you know? Like, Street Fighter was just, like, way, way too slow for me, man. I mean, like, I love... I love I love Street Fighter series. I love the games. Like I've been buying every last rehash and reanimation of the same fucking shit for the last like twenty years. But like seriously, man, people need to just like stop and just be like, okay, let's think up of something new that's gonna like you know, like I mean, since Sega left the fucking market, truthfully, like there has been no innovation in gaming whatsoever. Like it's like nobody wants to take a chance. I mean, like they're like, oh, Sega took a chance and they fucking balled out. So, like, now everybody's, like, afraid. They're like, let's just make the same shit that this guy made because it sold well. I mean, like, and you know, it's just... I'd be very, very happy that Street Fighter Four did come out with the pace that it is at because here's true story for you. When I went to uh, New York City to meet up with all friends and whatnot, introduced to a fucking uh, Third Strike, and that's where I started to cut my teeth again on fighting games. I could only get the bare minimums out and, you know, the parrying system and whatnot. It was not, it wasn't clicking right away. But I was still able to play the game, and then Street Fighter Four comes along, and the game was a lot more accessible to me because I don't have all that. I don't have the 10-year background, you know, going into arcades and stealing quarters from your mom and shit. I didn't have that. So it gave me a good pace to, 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 build, to build up my mom skill. Mom didn't have no quarters? I just... Mom was poor, nigga. <laughs> yeah, hey, I was poor. My mom didn't have any quarters, man. I got somebody else's quarters. I was like, give me a quarter, bitch. I want to play Street Fighter. 
I'm so excited. Like, what are you going to do with my Lewis money? Play Street Fighter. We'll play it this way. No, but, like, I, I can understand that. I mean, like, you know, I, I can relate to that. Like, But, like, seriously, at least give me the option. Give me the option. Like, you've given me the option before, and that's why I really didn't like GTA 4. Hey, hold on a second, Gene. Let her, let her finish her thought. I just wanted to finish my story, and then you can do your, your rant thing. But past June, okay, after all the time that I spent in the Street Fighter 4, I get to play fucking Third Strike again against the person who was teaching me Third Strike way back when in New York. I beat him quite a few times, and it was awesome. And he commented on me that I gotten that much better. So Street Fighter 4 is not, you know, it may be the black sheep or whatever of the series, according to you guys, but... I'm glad it came out because it gave me the opportunity to get really good at it. Hey, I mean, That's don't get me wrong. I still play it. I still play it. I still invite people over, and, you know, I'm like, hey, Kim's going to whoop your ass regardless, and I'm going to kick you in the head and sweep you 18 times over. But I'm just like, you know, I could have done this with Street Fighter 2. I could have downloaded that on, you know, Xbox Live or PSN Network and done the same thing. You know, I mean, like, if you want to get better at a game, you know, nowadays they're, like, putting every game out to be downloaded. You could have done the same exact thing that you did just then oh, no. without having to get Street Fighter 4. I think, you know what it is? I know I know where Ark is coming from, and she makes a, uh, she, you know, she, she makes a, a relevant argument in the sense that, you know, you can go and Street Fighter 4, they, they dumbed it, you know, you could say they dumbed it down, but I can honestly say that they made Street Fighter accessible to novice players. And while I applaud that, they should have also made the adjustments for veterans that wanted to play at a veteran speed or a veteran skill level. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Level hey, give me the option. Like, you can do whatever you want to, just as long as you give me the option. I'm a gamer. I'm fucking finicky, and I'm angry. Okay, because I have to work all day to come home to play a video game, and I'm like, God damn it, I just wasted, like, eight hours of my life. Like, because, you know, because that, that's the way I look at it. You know, when I go out to purchase a game, you know, I look at this game, and I'm like, hmm, this is 60 bucks, you know? So that's like, what, like three hours of me working? Is this really worth three hours of me busting my ass? No, I think You know, because that's three hours of my life I'm never going to get back. <laughs> well, you know, you look, at it, you look at it from that way, and, I, you know, it, it's a, it's, it boils down to looking at it not pessimistically, but I think it's because gaming has soured you in the sense that, you know, you you feel wronged, you know, like you're, you're you're the kid and gaming is the uncle that touched you in the wrong place. That's yes, that's twice. Really what it, that, exactly. The first that's time I let it like. slide, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, you you you're you're letting it you're letting it affect you in the sense that you want to feel justification in dropping that money. Ark made a valid in the sense that she took it as a a learning experience because she was new to Street Fighter. She jumped in and the game was easily accessible to her, and it allowed her to sharpen her game to the point where she became a threat on other levels, which is, you know, which is a perfectly logical and... Perfectly yeah, I think it's genuinely acceptable. Yeah, but, you know, the fact is that people expect, you know, they expected veteran Street Fighter gameplay, so what happens is a lot of people that had to de-evolve and go back to basics were upset. So, you know, people shit on it. For, for those reasons, at the end of the day, I played it, and I enjoyed it like any other Street Fighter game, but it definitely felt like I had to relearn all over again. You couldn't get away with the shit you got away with in Alpha or, you know, in Capcom vs. SNK. You couldn't get away with half of that shit in Street Fighter 4, and even still, you get creamed. 
if you if you go See, in there with and, a, and, and that's the thing with, with like I really don't like with like when you come out with a new game, okay? So like you're reinventing the series. Like for example with the GTA four as we were speaking earlier. Like, San Andreas give you a lot of things that they completely stripped out of GTA 4. You tell me I can't ride a bike, bro? Seriously? You gave me a bike before, why can't you give me a bike now? It's a fucking bike. Oh, well, that's easy. They, they, that's easy because they felt that, once again, they figured, let's throw the pretty visuals in and then strip away, you know, what quote-unquote non-essentials. Yeah, see, but that's just, like, a cheap way of them, like, getting out of, like, making anything new. Because then they can just re-release the same nonsense you, you had in 3. But, you know, now since you played 4 and you're like, oh, I didn't have this when it comes out again. You're like, oh, this is awesome. I'm going to buy this. I'm Give me something new. Don't just, like, repackage the same old thing and be like, oh, check this out. <laughs> I, think, I think that, you know, with the Ballad of Gay Tony, which they're going to be putting out soon, they, uh, you know, they added, like, supposedly you can skydive. But if I remember correctly, I think it was either in Vice City, it may have been in Vice City, that you can do base jumping with the parachute. So, you know, they went and they, they dug deep and pulled out some shit that, you know, nobody had done, you know, you hadn't done in two or three games. But it's because yeah. of that, because that's how they trap you. They figure, let's add this in with a prettier paint job and get people on board. Yeah, you know, that's, comes down that's how shit goes. You know, I think I, just, I think at the end of the day, you know, shit like that, the justification stems from the fact that people, you know, people want to feel fulfilled when they buy shit. You know, that's how it goes. It's it's one of those things where, you know, Ark feels fulfilled because she learned everything. You know, she improved her gameplay as a Street Fighter mm -hmm. player. Me, personally, I felt fulfilled playing GTA 4 because the downloadable content made the game seem fresh. You know, I'm, you know, we all we all get soured for different reasons, but um, you know, we're gonna keep shelling out the money because we're sheep. <laughs> that's what we yeah, do. Yeah, that's, that's what it comes down to. <laughs> but uh, like, but gotta, like, truthfully though, like they need to work on their innovation because, like, really, because nothing is new, nothing's surprising no, me, nothing's you. making me like. I mean, like, the last thing that, like, really made me cream my pants was, like, Fallout 3, and, like, I'm three expansions deep, and, like, you know, I'm just like, when's the next one coming out? <laughs> I, um, the way I see it, we got, uh, we got ten minutes of show left. If you want to stick around, that's fine. I just want to try and get all the, uh, the prerequisite stuff out of the way. But, oh, yeah, uh, go ahead. I'll just listen and I definitely, get the ball. Uh, yeah, I definitely oh, uh, appreciated your call, man, because that you know you fucking brought a different dynamic to the show, and I think some people got disconnected. So let me put them back on. All right. You're on the air. Who's this? Yeah, this is Strider. My signal just faded out. Yeah, you go and do your thing, man. All right, hold on a second. Flick, is that you? Yep. All right. For uh. Next question. The uh, next week's question. I'm gonna I'm gonna actually do it on two separate categories. I'm gonna do a gamer question, which is Xbox Live, the PlayStation Network, and the Wii Virtual Console. Uh, on which of on which one do you own the most games, and what's your favorite game, and why? Only virtual co console games only. No with this shit. Well, uh, I don't own any uh, games on the Wii. Okay, I own, I think, only one or two 
on PSN and I own the most on the 360. And I guess my favorite, out of the ones I actually own, I guess my favorite would be right now Explosion Man, but that's only because I haven't been able to pick up a card to get Shadow Complex yet. Um, I have, I have a few, I have a good, actually I think I have the most on the Wii, um, and I'd have to say my favorite game is Gunstar Heroes, because it's like an old classic South scoring shooter, and I never thought I'd see that game again, and like, they were just like, hey, guess what, Gunstar Heroes, and I was like, nut, and on the PS3, I got like, maybe like four or five, and like, I don't even play those much, except for Symphony of the Night. Yep, Symphony of the Night is good, I was telling, uh, Slick about that yesterday. He's got to fuck with it a little bit. What about you, Strider? What uh, what virtual console game from any of the systems is your favorite, and how many do you own? Have okay, you well, unfortunately, that? the only next-gen system I currently own is a 360. So, uh, as much as I would like to contribute to this discussion, I don't think it would be right since I don't have a fair, uh, so I don't, have, so I, don't act, well, I don't have access to all three. Well, no, even even in general, I mean, even you have Xbox Live. Uh, you know, out of all the games that they got, you know, how many do you own, and what's your favorite? You know, you, okay, you okay, don't cool. have to all use right. all three. Okay, well, in that aspect, then, uh, right now, my I have, uh, well, of course, I have the Hexic that came with the system. Got Uno, uh, Star Wars, not Star Wars, uh, Castlevania, Symphony of the Night, uh, Super Contra, and uh, I think it's uh, Ikaraga and Street Fighter HD. And right now, I have to say, uh, Symphony of the Night and uh, and uh, Ikaruga are the like the only two games that get my most attention. Uh, if they if they ever if they release more classics games, like you know, because they they've been really doing that lately. They've been turning out really good games from the from the old school. If I can get my hands on Jet Set Future or some of the old arcade games like Alien vs Predator or wow, even Yes, you know, stuff like that, uh, or even or even Power Stone, you know, I'd, I'd definitely, you know, you know, exactly, Power Stone, wait, like, hold on a second. you know, hold on before you get into that, wait, 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 Art, go ahead. I was just going to say, Alien vs. Predator would look like so much shit on, a, on you know, a high-def uh, TV, if you're talking about the shit on uh, Jaguar. <laughs> no, she's, she's talking about the arcade game. Oh, okay, yeah, the beat -em -up. Like, wow. Oh, okay, never mind then. Like, I'm thinking, wow, <laughs> I would not want to see that on my TV. <laughs> All right, go on. Well, I think right now um, I own a decent number on, I, I'd have to say it's pretty split between the PS3 and the 360. Um, the game I've caught myself playing the most is Guru Mark of the Wolves on the uh, Xbox Live. Oh, just because yeah, that was a big what? Yeah, I was a big fan of that. Oh, my uh, God. I, hold on a sec. i got to go down with that right now. There you go. And, you know, King of Fighters also. You know, King of Fighters, I I've, I've, I've got on the uh, PS3 just to help me prep for King of Fighters 12. So, definitely. And, you know, Shadow Complex, I the demo. I bought the game just because it's mind-blowingly ridiculous. And I think as a whole, you know, the on the virtual <coughs> console for the Wii... You know, I own Super Mario World, uh, Streets of Rage 2, and Splatterhouse and Bonk's Adventure. Uh, Splatterhouse and Bonk's Adventure I had to get just because fucking TurboGrafx-16 games. You're never going to find them shit. 
Oh, by the way, thank you. It is downloading now. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> nice. No, because so my, my Dreamcast CD got scratched, and I was like, no more God, ooh. With all the virtual consoles, I mean, the reason why I don't own a lot of them is because I'm just sick and fucking tired of the rehashes. I like oh, yeah, when Shadow Complex and Explosion Man came out, I was so happy because I'm like, it's two really good games that aren't fucking rehashes. I mean, they may be very similar to other games like Shadow Complex. Everybody's saying it's in, it's played just like Metroid, but it's a new game. Finally. It's not a fucking Bionic Commando HD remix. And, and see, that's what they need to do, too. They need to give, like, those little crappy friggin', you know, programmers struggling out there and, like, you know, they need to give those guys some, like, jobs. Just be like, here, make some crappy games for virtual consoles, you know, at least to get some ideas out there, you know, something more innovative because, like, a lot of what they're doing is pulling from the past, you know, because they know people are going to enjoy these things because they've played them before. I mean, like, you know, I bought all the Street Rages all over again. I didn't need to play Street Rage ever again in my life, but I got them. Like, I might have played them, like, maybe once or twice, but, you know, it's just the fact that it's Streets of Rage, and if at any point in time ever that I want to get nostalgic about it and be like, yo, let me go around and skate and, like, spin around in my head or whatever the hell that name, kid's name is, then let me go play Streets of Rage. But, like, it, it, that, that's what they're it's, – it's kind of like I was saying earlier. You know, we live in a world of references here. Like, everything nowadays is just a reference to the 90s or the 80s. I mean, that's all it is. Just like you put, you know, anything that's old, people will buy it. On the coattails of that, though, I must say I was extremely happy when Mega Man 9 came out. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, Mega Man 9 was fucking nasty. I got to admit. I mean, you know what it is? The rehashes, like I did the Turtles remixed rehash shit. And, you know, I didn't get it just because it's the Turtles game and whatever. But I got it just because I had a lot of fond memories playing that game and in you know in a in a pizza in a pizza arcade when I was a kid and I enjoyed it back then and I said to myself you know let let me play something sometimes you got to take it back and play something so simple you know like I know people that you know they have all these systems yet they get the most joy out of playing Pac-Man yeah you know, most definitely you know in, definitely. in a pizzeria because sometimes you got to take it back to that you got to take it back to the bare bones and one thing I like about the virtual console is that they put out good games, but they put out games that the involvement mentally is just enough to challenge you, but not enough to overwhelm you like like regular games do. Like you know, you take you know, uh, and, and, Castle Crashers. And something and, you take Castle Crashers. You take um, Explosion Man. You you even take uh, the the Marvel the Marble Madness ripoff that they had, and you get the same thing. You know, and and that's the problem. I think that. Sometimes you gotta take it back just to, you know, to refocus. You gotta take it back to just simple stuff. And for that, I mean, you're right. I mean, it's true. These games do need to be on these consoles because not everybody got every game, and you might have missed something that you can never get for your console that it came out on. But now you can get it on one of these consoles as a virtual download. But my thing is, for every for every one remake or rehash or something that comes out, there needs to be at least two Explosion Mans and two Shadow Complexes. 
<laughs> yeah, a lot of people want to want to get these games that they couldn't get back then because you know they were kids and they didn't have money. But a lot of people have a lot of these games. Like you said, you have the fond memories of Turtles. I have fond memories of, of Turtles Four too. But I can plug in my Super Nintendo and play that shit right now. Nah, I'm not paying for that shit because I have a cartridge right now that says Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Turtles in Time. Fuck, fuck adding in extra shit. Uh, I'd have to agree on that because I do have that one myself in the closet. Well, you know exactly. What I had it, and you know what ended up happening? Like many gamers that, you know, like many of the novice gamers that didn't become collectors as they got older, I went like this. Oh, the Nintendo 64 is coming out. Guess who's selling their Super Nintendo? This guy. You know? And that's what ends up happening. You know? And you end I bet you're good at that one. Yeah, but that's what happens. Everybody gets caught out there in that. You know? Like, you go, you buy the shit, and you own it. And then, you know, you outgrow it, you give it away, you sell it. Oh, no, I did the same thing. And then all of a sudden, I... it pops up. It pops up, and you're like, hey, I remember that shit. And you buy it sometimes just on that, on, on that stance alone. Like, I can understand No, no, I can understand that. I can understand. I mean, on, 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 on that on that alone, like, I would buy another one of these consoles all over again. Just, like, just to have an extra one. If somebody gave me, like, the Shining Force 3 trilogy that was on the Sega Saturn. Because, like, they released, like, one translated one in America, and then, like, that was the last I saw of it, and I sold mine on eBay for 200 bucks. Uh, sir, uh, news there, dude. Get you can get the Sega, the Sonic's Ultimate Genesis Collection. It has Shining Force One, Two, and Three. Really? Oh. Uh, yes, sir. Hold on a minute. All right, dude. I gotta cut you, Rich. You gotta do your plugs, yeah, man. I got, yeah, I got the uh, ninety-second warning. Uh, mtrhost at gmail dot com for email. Uh, four eleven mania for wrestling news, game news, and MMA news. Uh, question of the week: Virtual Console. Which do you enjoy the most? And what are your favorite games? That's it, folks. Catch me next week. Thanks, all of you, for calling in. Peace. Later. Pleasure as always. Peace. Peace. One. Come on.